When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. A high pop-up. He's going to do it. At shortstop, Jeter. Jeter on the outfield grass. Makes the catch. The Yankees win. The Yankees win. And Doc Gooden pitches a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Danielle McCartney, Sports Radio, 1019 FM, The Fan, WFAN. Good Saturday evening, New York sports fans. I am Danielle McCartney, and tonight... I am McCartan before midnight. They super utility around here. And I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up until 12 a.m. The stroke of midnight here in New York City and beyond. And whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the rest of the next couple of hours. Whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFN.com or on our free Odyssey app. And maybe you are listening in the car. There was a lot of volume on the road. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And, of course, we are here in the Big Apple, and Paulie Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. Go ahead, start dialing 877-337-6666. Taking all of your calls right here, maybe in the first segment. Let's see. Get aboard. In the studio, I've got uh, the Devils-Rangers game on. Uh, I promise to keep at least, or try to keep one eyeball on that as we go along here. I, you know, Obviously, there was no way to really keep track of it on the way in. You know, the other station had on the Knicks, and then I was going back and forth between JR's show, and so, you know, it is what it is. It's it's uh, start of the period, too, uh, is coming up shortly on there. So it's on in the studio. I'll try to keep at least one eyeball on it. It's tied 2-2. I do know that. 2-2 going into the second. Um, but a question that's, I don't know, been on my mind really all week. I did maybe want to breach it last week, but I was like, nah, I, I want to see more. I want to think about this more. Essentially, the question boils down to where did it all go wrong for the New York Giants this season? And I don't know. I'm just I'm still in a way having trouble just wrapping my mind around the fact that the Giants went to Minnesota less than a year ago and they beat the Vikings in their own house, which is a tough place to play, by the way, in the first round of the playoffs. So you go from that to. Everything that went with, with you know with that the coach of the year and, and all this stuff right and, and you fast forward to now I mean I, I I'm struggling with how can this be the same team? Three things stick out to me. Number one, you've got Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton having a heated argument with each other on the sidelines, a, a, a prolonged heated argument on the sidelines. You've got. A defensive coordinator's, aw, his feelings are hurt because Xavier McKinney questioned the leadership structure of the team in Vegas after the loss. We were there. Then Wink Martindale said, and this is a quote, he said, yeah, that surprised me because it's the first time that's ever happened in my career. End quote there because I'm going to side note this and say this is Wink Martindale speaking for his job. Clearly. It's the first time it's ever happened in my career. This is definitely the outlier. Keep me on for next year. Then he continued to say, yeah, it did hurt. It did because I've always been open. I've always been honest with the players. And I think that if you have a problem, it's just how we handle things in that room. You read McKinney's comments and you go, what? What is he talking about? Know what I mean? It's all right. We're moving on from it. That was Mike Martindale. So the other point I wanted to make and wanted to see is, is that McKinney, McKinney 
who is an unrestricted free agent after the end of this season. He was not disciplined for it. He played in 100% of the defensive snaps the following week in Dallas. I think like something like 29% of special teams. Who cares about that? He played in 100% of the defensive snaps the following week in Dallas. And you and I haven't talked since then. That was a complete swing and miss by Coach of the Year, Brian Dayball, if you ask me. Like, even if you don't want to bench the guy entirely for the entirety of the game against the Cowboys, it, I get it. He's an important part of your defense. I get it. He's a captain. You sit him for one drive, two drives, three drives, whatever it is. You sit him. You earn some street cred from the rest of the guys in that locker room who are watching how this, you know, what's how the management style is. They're watching. They're taking notes. And those guys are going to be, a lot of them are going to be under contract, you know, beyond the, you know, the end of this season. Xavier McKinney, as of right now, he's a free agent at the end of this season. So you earn some street cred. You set the locker room straight. You bench him for a couple drives. He didn't. Dayball didn't. He played him 100% of the time. That's a big miss. That is a big miss by Brian Dable, in my opinion. And then number three, I mean, this season, this 2023 Giants season was effectively over before Halloween. And now, now you got every weekend the entire Giants fan base figuring out channels and tuning into USC and University of North Carolina games every single Saturday. I mean, this can't be the same team as last year, but it is. So, okay, what are the repercussions? The Giants are not going to be looking for a new general manager. They are not going to be looking for a new head coach. So the Giants are going to scapegoat the same quarterback who they gave a big payday to. And the one John Mara, admittedly, in my words, not his, they ruined. There's just one little problem. The Giants do not have the infrastructure, the scaffolds in place for a rookie quarterback to come in and have success here. Their offensive line is among the worst in the entire league, if not the worst. You, you got the question mark at the running back position. Will Saquon Barkley be here long-term or not? You've got another problem with your, your pass catchers because Darren Waller, you know, the guy who hasn't played in two full weeks, he still leads the team in receiving yards by a lot. So big picture, zoom out, a quick fix rookie quarterback is not going to fix this team. And how could you say that it will? So the question is, then, what to do with the Giants quarterback situation moving forward? Okay, well, look, I I, I love Daniel Jones. I, I think he is everything you can ask for in a quarterback, everything you could look for. He checks all the boxes. We've gone over this over and over. Big arm, you know, Escape the pocket ability. Um, he's a smart guy. Can handle New York. Like, like all of the boxes. Check, 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 check. And it's really unfortunate, if you ask me, because he has been hit with every form of adversity imaginable. This offensive line has been so piss poor in front of him that he is on a more accelerated path than Andrew Luck in sacks taken. And we all know how prematurely Luck's career ended. So... And and the neck, he, he didn't have a pre-existing neck condition. That offensive line gave him the neck condition, by the way. The ACL, unfortunate. 
the knee, unfortunate. All as a byproduct of this line. So watch, tell me a rookie, tell me a quarterback that's going to come in here and do better. So now the Giants are met with so much more uncertainty this offseason than anyone over there expected. I can guarantee you both outside the building, of course. Of course, we talk about it every week, right? And inside of it. Like, I'm torn because, like, A, like, A, I I want Daniel Jones to find success here. He has been nothing but a good soldier for this team through all of its tumultuous changes. The head coaches, the offensive coordinators, the revolving door of players in front of him on the line, the pass catchers, the, 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 the subpar pass catchers. And yet he led the Giants to a playoff road win in Minnesota, of all places, again, less than a year ago. And not only that, Daniel Jones shows you every single week that he has the grit to win. Grit. He's always diving for the extra yards. He's always taking the hit if it's called for. I mean, the guy led the team this season in rushing yards through like, it was like the first five or six weeks of the season. He led the team in rushing yards. You can't teach that. And and also, I'm going to point to the demise of Josh Allen since Dayball left. It has been a brutal decline. That has Josh Allen, yes, leading the league in the old INT category. So I know Dable has the ability to turn around here too. I just think, you know, the evidence is in last season, which was not that long ago. And part of me wants the Giants to, you know, honor out the contract that they gave them, build it out the right way. Again, Anyone behind that line would get killed, whether it's Daniel Jones. Example B, Tyrod Taylor. I always I was want to call him Danny DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Caleb Williams. Drake May. Joe Montana. Whoever. Take your pick. So why not start building the line out now? The first two picks, you trade down a little in the first round. You take the two offensive linemen. I, I apologize if I say his name wrong. The guy from Penn State, Fashanu, I want to say, Fasanu. And then you get Joe Alt from Notre Dame. And those two guys are going to be on your line for the next 10 years, a la DeBrickashaw Ferguson, Nick Mangold. Then you could send Evan Neal back on his roller skates. You push him into hamburger flipping oblivion. And now you're doing it the right way. Because if Daniel Jones is not on this Giants team, you watch. I'm telling you. Watch him go somewhere else where, like, like, like San Francisco and tear up the league. I still believe in him. But then the other part of the coin is, B, the other part of me realizes this. That the Giants very well might not win another game this season. And in fact... You know, Matt Barkley is the backup quarterback. They've elevated him. He is the backup quarterback. He knows the system. He could probably win you a game or two. If the Giants stick with DeVito throughout the rest of this season, you know they are trying to tank. They are trying to do it. As of right now, the Giants are picking second overall in the next draft, which was up from third place last week. So they're only behind... The Chicago Bears, who have that first overall pick right now via Carolina, and who, I looked, Justin Fields is under contract through next season with a team option for 2025, so maybe the Giants would get their pick of the litter, so to speak, in terms of quarterbacks. But again, it circles back to, do you want to throw a rookie quarterback behind that line? 
The best plan for him is to sit for the first season so the Giants are able to cup eight with Daniel Jones. But that's punting on pretty much next season, too, if you don't believe in Jones to begin with. So essentially, you're punting on two seasons, two consecutive seasons, and taking a chance on a guy who may or may not pan out. But then again, there's there, there are quarterbacks available in every draft. But obviously, there's no guarantee that the Giants are going to get to pick that high, even with their own pick in the 2025 draft. So then you say, well, why I waste the opportunity in this draft to take a quarterback, especially if you really like him? I mean, that's what I've been thinking about all week. So I don't know, man. I just think it's too early. And you really have to wait and see how these, you know, quotes here, hot commodity draft picks, quarterbacks at, at least, pan out the rest of the season. Because then you got to go then look at the combine. But it's you have to especially look in all of the, all of the do- dozens of these quote-unquote big-time bowl games. you got to see how these guys perform under pressure. Which is, by the way, what completely turned me off to Justin Fields watching him in that bowl game. And I think I was watching it live right here in this studio. And I know for a fact, yes, Joe Shane, Brandon Brown, Tim McDonald, they have all been scouting both Caleb Williams and Drake May on multiple occasions this season in person. That's a big deal. I have trust they'll make the right move. But if you're asking me right now to pick a college quarterback between the two of them, I mean, very preliminarily, I guess I'd take Caleb Williams. You look at Drake May, he's only a sophomore. So that, to me, kind of raises some some maturation questions, especially to play in and handle New York City of all places. You look at Caleb Williams, I mean, according to his official scouting report, he's mobile, he's tough, he's got a big arm. But then I think of all USC quarterbacks, you know, Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, they come to mind immediately. And I'd rather have Jones if those are the comps, you know? Of course, you know, it, it, it's a topic because if you watched or were tuned in on, on the internet at all today, I mean, these two guys made some big-time throws today. From what I saw today, Saturday the 18th of November, Drake May against Clemson. He was scrambling. He was rolling to his right, He, you know, to his right. Back foot throw, literally 40 yards in the air to the goal line. Catch, one step, score. I mean, that's an NFL-type throw. Then, not to be outdone, literally 13 minutes of of real time, not game time, real time later, 13 minutes later, Caleb Williams against UCLA stepped up in the pocket, avoided the pressure, threw a 53-yard in the air bomb that went for a touchdown down the left sideline. That's a big-time throw. Before this hysteria hits a fever pitch, I challenge you to think critically about this. Both of these guys, both May and Williams, played today, one against unranked teams. Two, more importantly, both of those throws were made out of the shotgun. So do it under center like the pros do, and then that's going to impress me. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, I do see the Giants drafting a new quarterback. And I don't love the idea. I think, and I always have thought this, that you should 
build out the team from the, the, the center out. Do it the right way. Build the line out. Then you insert the quarterback. That's just me. Again, the Giants have how many more games left on their regular season schedule? We will have plenty of time to debate this. But I figured both guys had some big-time throws today. It's been on my mind for the past week or so. So you know what? Let me bring it to you and and, and feel out your thoughts. 877-337-6666. Uh, we'll go to a quick break here. I see you on hold. Again, uh, my name is Daniel McCartan, and we are live from New York. It's Saturday night. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Well, 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 welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan hanging with you to the stroke of midnight here in New York City. And uh, yes, uh, while I... I talk on the fan. I am also a fan of the fan for, uh, you know, a really long time now. Used to call in and do the whole thing, right? Uh, We could talk about that another time. But uh, my point being, on the way in, as I was pretty much crossing over the George Washington Bridge. No, I was on the bridge. Yeah, I was. I was listening to the JR Sport Brief show. And a caller called in asking about the over-under, about how many times Taylor Swift and the the Kelseys are going to be shown on Monday Night Football. As you know, it's a Chiefs. Eagles game on Monday Night Football. Okay, the two Kelsey brothers, the whole story, okay? And he put it at eight and a half. And I will absolutely hammer the under in that situation. Want to know why? Taylor Swift is now, this is like sort of breaking news here. Taylor Swift is not going to be at that game on Monday Night Football. She will not be in attendance Monday night. So, Paul, the answer is the under. So, just the parents are going to be there. Will they even go now without her? I don't know. That's awkward. I, I mean, I think they postponed it to I, another I, time. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much cre- how much credence I need to put in the relationship now if the parents aren't even going to meet. Why, why, why does Taylor need to be there? I don't know. That's, like, awkward. My guess is that they've met before, yes. and this is their first public. Could be. That that would be my guess. Aren't you going to ask me how I know? Danielle, how do you know <laughs> this information? Thanks, Paul. This is how I know it. Um, I, actually, it's a, it's a sad story, actually. Um, it, she's in Brazil. She's in South America. And the reason why I know with 100% certainty that she will not be on that Monday Night Football game is that, um, was it Friday night, last night? There was, unfortunately, a, a, a fan that passed away at her concert. Um, there was a lack of water being sold at the stadium in Brazil, and she passed away from, essentially, heat exhaustion, cardiac arrest, the whole thing. And um, so Taylor Swift, tonight, tonight's show, Saturday night's show, has been postponed to guess when? Monday night due to extreme temperatures. And she she said, said she was, I'm writing this from the, the dressing room inside the stadium I'm sorry to announce that tonight's show has been postponed due to extreme heat. So she will be now performing Monday night in Brazil, not on TV on Monday Night Football. That's how I know. All right, so that makes sense, son. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it's with sad news, but um, that's how I know. So take the under. If, if, no, if your friends don't know that yet and you have a little bet going, take the under. Under eight and a half. I'm just making up numbers now, but uh, yeah, so that's the story. I'm a huge Swifty, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> and I was, I was uh, Paul, he was saying, 
Well, all of her songs about breakups and this and that. So for an entire week, every day after school, I would send him a YouTube link to one of her songs that was not about what he thinks they're about. I didn't say they were all about breakups. I said <laughs> oh. 90% of her catalog are about previous relationships and how she's battled or succeeded. That's all I said. That, that's all I said about Taylor Swift. I could have kept going, but Paul stopped answering me, so I felt like I was bothering him. So. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I said about Taylor Swift when, when, was that the majority of her songs are like that. That's all. And I can't wait, like I told JR, oh, stop until it. Kansas City stop nights it. come out. Stop and it. the big hit's going to be tight end. You know when you go to send a text message to somebody and you already had just texted them and they haven't answered you? I got that a couple days in a row, and I was like, ah, let me back off a little bit. Let me back off. <laughs> hey, all right, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call, but you already knew that. We will go in the order that you called. Frank is going to kick us off on line one. Frank and Tyasset, what's going on? Hi, happy holidays, Thank Danielle. Thank you, too. Thank you. Uh, I have to, you know, this, this uh, discussion about the Giants is, yeah. I have to go back to the uh, post-game show on the radio, the broadcast with Howard Cross and Paul Latino. Mm-hmm. And Bob Popper and uh, Carl Banks mm-hmm. uh, after the Jet game. Uh, uh, while Carl Banks and Bob Popper were still on the post-game broadcast, uh, apparently Howard Cross was in the uh, locker room. And when he came back and Howard Cross and uh, Carl Banks had left the broadcast and said, I'll see you, uh, see you guys in, uh, you know, Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas, Vegas. 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 Um, they asked uh, Howard Cross what was what was the atmosphere like in the uh, mm-hmm. locker room, and mm-hmm. he said it's an atmosphere. A lot of guys already left. He said a lot of players already left, mm-hmm. and it's an atmosphere that went not a very good football team. And from that point on, it became a really heated heated discussion on the air, Danielle. Oh, on the broadcast it became heated, and a lot of finger pointing towards Dable and not going for for uh, going forward on fourth and one and why, uh, you know, uh, the condition of the, uh, the kicker and uh, why uh, we're not allowing the quarterback to throw mm-hmm. and uh, on and on and on. And, and uh, I really couldn't take it anymore. And I called in and uh, got on the air mm-hmm. and I said it very respectfully. I said, you know what, guys, I, I'm 65 years old. I go back to Fran Talkington. I'm a Giants fan. I love the Giants. But – you know, this is sad listening to this on the air because, you know, you guys just didn't get the call. You beat the Bills, didn't get the call, the wild call in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, you know, you made a couple of crucial mistakes today. Adari Jackson and uh, pass interference and, mm-hmm. and other mistakes, Not maybe not going for it on fourth. But the finger pointing and hair splitting is really sad to listen to. Oh. And uh, Yeah, what'd they say? They said, okay, Frank, okay. Okay, they said. That's all they said. And, uh, you know, I said thank you for the time mm-hmm. and letting me express that. And I and I got off. But um, ever since then, if you notice, the defense didn't show up for the Raiders game. Yes, I was there. There was no defense there. Yes, I know. Right, right. And, and I talked about something else with you a, a few times. This Trey Hawkins is useless, Danielle. Yep. Useless. Yep. Useless. I don't, you know, Pinnock's name, because I listen to the games on the radio. I don't watch them on TV mm-hmm. because I would rather listen to Carl Banks because yep. he's so knowledgeable. Yes, he is. And, and uh, 
you know, at least Pinnock will catch a deflection from Thibodeau, mm-hmm. run it down the sideline, mm-hmm. get a big stop against the Dallas Cowboys. But Okarake was non-existent against the, the Cowboys. And they said on the radio broadcast that the Giants were getting burned on these these slants o- over the middle of the field. And I was, well, where's O'Carrigan? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I mean, Deontay Banks needs some more help back there. He, yes. You know, just Trey Hawkins. He doesn't belong back there, Danny. I'm sorry. He's just not. Well, right. I don't know if he's NFL material. Right. And, and I, Frank, know. I totally agree with you on there. And I think the last time you called and you talked about uh, Trey Hawkins, too, was, th- you know, we talked about the, the change I would love to see is, is um, Dory Jackson sliding back into, you know, into the, into the, out of the slot position and into a real cornerback role. Like Deontay Banks, I, I knew, listen, I, I'm actually looking at my, my draft notes right now. Deontay Banks, let me see where I ranked him. Deontay Banks, I had him in like 14 point font. Scouting report was awesome. According to, to my, to homework, he was the 38th best player overall in the entire draft. And good. He went to the Giants. He was a great pick. And then there was another guy, Emmanuel Forbes, I colored in orange, which is like a no-go. And then I wrote, big drop-off after this. So, yeah, I, I get it. Actually, Trey Hawkins wasn't even on my radar. He was a six-round pick, 209. I mean, guy wasn't even on my radar. So, yeah, I agree with you. He is not NFL ready. No, no chance. But, again, it's like, all right, now, now, we're, now we're splitting hairs, you know? I'm, I'm trying to see where I even had him on here. I don't even think I had him on here. Trey Hawkins. Let's see. I don't even know who my notes are. I don't even have notes on him because that's how far off the radar the guy was. Maybe he's a one-and-done season, but there, there are so many issues to go around with this team that I'm telling you, back to the main point here, a rookie quarterback is not going to fix it. I'm telling you. Build it out the right way. All right, in, in the order that you call, we go to John in Masspeth. What's going on, John? Daniel, how's it going? I'm good. How's Saturday night. Yeah, let's go. Saturday night in the big city. Yep. So I'm listening to you talk about the uh, Giants and their offensive line troubles. And I completely, you know, you know, for 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 the record, I'm not a fan of the Giants or the Jets. I'm a I'm a I'm a San, San Fran fan, mm-hmm. and I completely agree with you that teams have to build on the line, right. offensive line and defensive line. Right, that's where the game is won. Yep, and it lost. doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. Yep, if you have a bottom tier offensive line. You're not going to be winning. Correct. If you look at every team that has a good offensive line out there, they all have winning records. They're all on the playoff line. Mm-hmm. And some of them don't even have that good quarterbacks. You got Tampa Bay, who's in the playoff line. You got Detroit, who is playing phenomenal. Yep. Who has Jared Goff, who was almost written off a couple of years ago. But now he's bowling out because he's got – Arguably the best offensive line out what there about now. Your, wait, what about your team? You got Brock Purdy, the Mister Irrelevant. And yes. If the season ended today, San Francisco's got the third seed in the playoffs. Brock Purdy has the highest quarterback rating, pick two sixty two. What helps having the best offensive That's lineman right. in the game? That's right, Frank Williams. We got him right there at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is pretty decent, you know, and. 
he's blowing out. You and, know? and guess what? And Trent Williams, Trent Williams, first round, fourth overall pick. Why can't the Giants do that? Yeah. yeah. It, you can put Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, whoever, whoever, right now. John Elway, They're Joe Montana. Struggle. Yes, yes. It does not matter. Right. You need to build the offensive line. That's the right. difference between having two seconds and three seconds to pass is a world. You know the what? The difference between having a three-foot hole and a four-foot hole for your running back to run through is a big difference. That's right. It does not matter. And, John? You, you can have a, a, a mid-quarterback, a mid-running back. If your offensive line is top five, top ten out there, you're going to move the ball. That's right, John. Perfectly, perfectly well said. Yes, succinct and sort of and to the point. Totally agree with you. You have to build from the inside out. That's always been my philosophy. And the Giants are kind of trying, you know, to take a little shortcut, which is all right. You know, you know, play for today. What was the saying? And plan for today and build for tomorrow. Whatever it was from the Joe Shane press conference. Get it right. When you look at the Jets and the Giants, though, and I looked at this today, time to throw. Zach Wilson, and I forget where Daniel Jones was on the list, and I can't find it right this second, but he wasn't high up on the list. Zach Wilson has the ninth most time in the NFL of all the teams, ninth most, ninth, ninth longest time in the pocket to throw the ball, ninth. Put Daniel Jones on that team who, it was you got to keep scrolling to find Daniel Jones's name. In other words, like he was like bottom quarter of the league in time to throw. It was like two point something. Whatever it was, uh, it wasn't a lot, but it, it was well beyond Zach Wilson. What about Daniel Jones? If you're going to dump him, put him on the Jets, man. You'll see what he can do there. And not that the Jets' offensive line is all that much greater than the Giants. But time to throw is in a very important piece to this whole puzzle. Oh, well, I, someone wanted to call about the Jets and the Giants. I was just segueing into it. All right, instead we go to. Aton in Riverdale. What's going on, Aton? Hey, I'm sorry. Um, Danielle, I, I got to disagree with you. That's okay. Sure. As long as you do it respectfully, the floor's all yours. It'll be respe- it will be respectful. Mm-hmm. I, I was raised right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fact of the matter is there are many, many quarterbacks who have been successful with poor offensive lines. Joe Burrow never had a good offensive line. The kid from, San, uh, from the Chargers doesn't have a good offensive line. Andrew Luck, yes, I know his career ended early because of it. But he had a lot of success, and he didn't have a very good offensive line. The fact of the matter is Daniel Jones doesn't improv particularly well. He doesn't read corner blitzes particularly well. And it's got to mean something that, uh, that the backup quarterback got in there and he had a lot more success than him a week later. It can't be that the offensive line was magically so much better oh. a week later. Okay. It, it, right. it, it, right. it has right. to do with the fact that he, that he doesn't do well. He skitters. He shucks. He jives. Yes, he had a bad offensive line. I'm not arguing, especially the guards in particular were terrible. But the fact of the matter is he had a very easy offense last year. They dumbed it down for him. And Danielle, you conveniently said that he won a playoff game in Minnesota. Minnesota was one of the worst defenses in the league last year. And he only had 15 touchdowns. Yeah, conveniently, I mean, but on. they still beat them. But, okay, all right. You had your, let me talk about this now. So you, you mentioned Joe Burrow. Okay, that's fine. Joe Burrow and Andrew Luck. Okay, Joe Burrow has been sacked 148 times in 52 games. Luck was sacked 
just about the same in three in three more. So Luck was sacked 115 times. Burrow was sacked 148 times. And not for nothing, Joe Burrow is out for the rest of the season. And his injury history is very deep because of his offensive line. Now, okay, you don't want Daniel Jones. That's fine, Aton. You're 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 more than welcome to that opinion. But my question is next. Okay, who who are you bringing in? I I, I really believe that. You can change. I, I look at the Houston Texans, and I feel it's a fair barometer. I look at the Houston Texans, and I can rebuild the offensive line because I have the left tackle already, and I can I can trade two second rounders and get a first round a second uh, get a first rounder as an offensive line, a good one in the twenties, and I put one of the top two quarterbacks in there, and whether it be Cam Newton, whether it be Andrew Luck, whether it be C.J. Stroud, the great ones. There have been enough to uh, Herbert as well. We're calling C.J. Stroud one. great at this point. I think he could be one of the closer, close to the MVP. I mean, ESPN just had an article that he's that he could be up for MVP at this point. Yeah, I think C.J. Stroud has been great because he has a good offensive line. Well, but I think he's okay. been great. Okay, well that's the thing. And Aton, I totally see your point. But if it's me, I- I'm building the line first. I, I ha- you have to do that. And I don't think you can do it uh, simultaneously. I really don't. Because the Giants, again, you're, you're starting to package picks and move picks on. That, that's fine. But the Giants, have you, have you seen that defense? That was a question mark coming into this season for me, was this Giants defense. The Giants have more holes than just quarterback offensive line. You watch it every cornerback is another one. Linebacker is another one. Defensive line, I, I mean... If they're whole, uh, who's catching the passes, by the way? Darren Waller hasn't played in two weeks, and he still has way more receiving yards than the next guy, the next closest guy. I don't think the Giants are, are all that close. And you take an L on next season, and you try to go from there. I think. But, I mean, come on. You can't overcome two-point-something seconds to get rid of the ball in a pocket. You just can't. I mean, he doesn't even have a chance. Like, the line collapses so fast, he doesn't even have a chance. With that said, I'm Daniel McCarr, and I got my picks for the Giants-Jets Week 11 games coming up next. Yes, already. I usually wait till later in the show, but I got them coming up next. You tell me yours at 877-337-6666. Don't move. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. It is good! Lawrence has kicked the Giants to the Super Bowl after missing at the end of regulation and Tides runs into the tunnel to our right and the New York Giants are going to Super Bowl 42 in overtime. They beat the Packers 23-20. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. The Rangers and Devils are still tied 2-2 over there at The Rock. Uh, all right, time for, for picks real quick. Um, this shouldn't take too long, especially I'll start with the Giants. <laughs> um, the good news is that they're on at two different times this weekend. No split-screen action for me. <laughs> um, actually, my dad and I are going to go to the Meadowlands, to uh, the racetrack, to, I don't know, to, to mingle and see what's up before the Giants game, so if you plan on coming. Um, yeah, I don't really know our plan just yet. I didn't talk to him yet, but we will for sure be out of there by halftime. For sure, for sure. So I'll come before the game. Say hi. But anyway, um, Giants Commanders, 1 p.m. I mean, uh, 
This is going to determine, you know, which side of the New York Giants tank train you're on. And if it's me, I don't know. Maybe it's the athlete. Maybe it's the coach in me. But I am trying my damnedest to win this game. You play to win the game, right? Um, Washington's defense gives up a ton of yards, especially in the air. So this game rests solely on the right arm of Tommy DeVito. Can he get it done for the Giants? Doubtful. I mean, I love the guy, all the stories that have come out about him, but he is just not an NFL quarterback. And how do I know that? Well, look, look at this. Out of the last three games the Giants have played, they have had less than 100 passing yards in two out of the three. That's not only hard to do, it's impossible to win games when that occurs. So the Giants' defense is is absolutely horrible. I cannot see a path to victory for the New York Giants. They are nine and a half point road dogs. I checked it around 4.30 p.m. today. I'd, I'd expand that. I, I'm going, and I hope I'm wrong. Because, again, you play to win games. But I hope I'm wrong when I say this. But I'm going Washington Commanders 30, Giants 13. And in that 13, I'm talking like it's got to be like a defensive touchdown or something something crazy because I don't, I don't see the offense getting in there. 877-337-6666. We'll do the Jets in a second here. But John in Somerset wants to chime in. What's going on, John? Hey, uh, I just want to talk to I think the Danielle Jones experiment is done. Danielle Jones. I think we. I think we need to move on. I think we we we're gonna get a pick. We're gonna go for Caleb Williams or the kid from North Carolina. And I understand that that, that he had so many offensive coordinators, but he just hasn't shown it. What do you think differently that those two guys that you mentioned could do better than Daniel Jones at this juncture? I think we... I just don't think he has the sense. I don't think he has the pocket presence. I don't think he has... All right, so, he's, so wait a second. So answer the question. So, so what can those two guys do better right now than Daniel Jones? What can they do? So I think that, that Caleb Williams and uh, the kid from North Carolina has pocket presence. I don't think Daniel Jones has pocket presence. He doesn't have a pocket to have think, presence in, though. I think he can throw the ball or he can run. It's not back and forth. Like, Eli couldn't run, but he can go back and forth in the pocket. Eli had a pocket. Eli had a Hall of Fame-worthy offensive line in front of him for most of his career. He had a pocket to stand in. Truth. Daniel Jones, John, doesn't have a pocket to stand in, so I don't think that's a fair comparison. And if you're taking a rookie quarterback, you know you're punting on next season, too, because the offensive line is not good enough. It's not good enough for an NFL veteran, never mind a, a green rookie, especially Drake May, who is only a sophomore this season, a young kid. I don't know, man. Let's go to Ralphie in the Bronx. What's going on, Ralphie? Hey, good evening. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Um, full disclosure. Um, full disclosure. I'm an Eagles fan. Okay. But I'm just calling for some outside opinion perspective. Okay. I feel like Daniel Jones is already paid for the next two or three years, so you might as well just stay with him. Yep. And draft the best wide receiver out there, which is Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh man, Can I you feel imagine? like when you get a chance to draft somebody like that, you have to take it. Yeah. And even drafting second or third, 
if you get somebody like him, he's a game changer. He and I feel like you guys haven't had a real wide receiver threat since Odell Beckham, maybe. Uh, maybe. Yep. Yeah. But I feel Rocky. like he's he's one of the top guys to get, and I feel like you can't miss your shot. You know. Exactly right, and and thanks for the call there, Ralphie, and 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 you did it. Your team did it, right? Took the wide receiver. The only thing I would caution, and, and Marvin Harrison Jr., by the way, he's a junior this season. Last year, I remember watching Ohio State, and I remember saying to myself, whoa, who is that guy? And then, of course, his name is Marvin Harrison Jr., and I'm like, whoa, that guy is NFL ready right now. Right As a sophomore, he was, he was NFL ready. This is just my own eyes, you know? So... While I totally agree with that, and I am totally on the Marvin Harrison train, he's probably just the second best player in the draft at this point, at this juncture. Um, maybe you do, maybe you take him at two, and then an offensive lineman a little bit later. You know, I, I don't know. And I, I, but I, I completely and totally agree with you in that. He is, he's a can't miss. He, he's just a can't miss. But the problem is, again, how, what we've been talking about uh, for pretty much the better part of an hour now, um, you know, you can't, you know, if you got a quarterback on his back, you can have freaking Jerry Rice out there, you know, and, and, and you're not going to be able to get the ball to him. He's not going to have a chance. So, I mean, the Giants have one pick in the first round. They have two picks in the second round. Uh, one of their own and one from the Leonard Williams trade. Do you package those two to get an offensive lineman to move up? And one of those two guys I mentioned, the guy from Notre Dame or the guy from Penn State, maybe. Um, but and maybe I don't know. Maybe you're a little bit back in business there. You got. You, I think they have a lot of money to spend in free agency. Maybe you look for an offensive line there, and maybe you might be right back in the thick of things. That's also not a bad strategy. Let's go to uh, Luke in Westchester. What's going on, Luke? Hey, Danielle, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate that. Oh, thanks, for, thanks for making it. I appreciate you. Yeah, no, I listen to you a lot. Um, I unfortunately have to say I, I kind of disagree with, with your take. I know a couple of the callers. I've never been a fan of Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. and my big, my big thing with him is from day one that I've always uh, – I, I like to listen to the, the Manning uh, cast. Yeah. And you hear them talk every single time whenever he, they're on. And, you know, and, and you can see it in Eli's face. And Eli's a giant. How he doesn't see the field with any pressure once it comes on. So you can see he just gets the, the, the gifts or whatever you want to call it. And it's just he just can't make the reads with any pressure on him now. I like the guy. I think he's great. He's a great attitude. He works really hard. I do think the offensive line is terrible. And that's been a big reason why they haven't been successful. But as soon as you get the pressure on them, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. And, and that's what I think the big issue is with them. You know what? And, and listen, you, you might not be wrong there, Luke. You might not be. But I'm sorry, i got to cut you because i got to go to break here. But um, you might not be wrong in that. But when you're running for your life with 300-pound men chasing after you, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, there's a point where you where you become skittish. I'm telling you, and, and maybe he's ruined forever. And maybe maybe I'm off base. Maybe he is ruined forever as as a uh, a function of this offensive line. But I don't know if you can read it on Eli's face. He's not very, it's very not very demonstrative uh, in in terms of his entire career. He's kind of even killed Eli Manning. So I, I don't know what you're getting out of Eli Manning's facial expressions. But man, I don't know. 
if I'm running for my life, I'm going to be checking over my shoulder, make sure I'm not getting blindsided because I've been hurt as a function of this offensive line. Shore it up, and you'll see a different guy. 877-337-6666. A quick timeout. Adrian, I see you. A quick timeout. We've got a Manny Rodriguez update, and I'll be back with you. My name is Daniel McCartan, and I'll be back with you at the top of the 9 p.m. hour right here on The Fan. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Mix makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. My name is Daniel McCartan. That is DJ Paulie Rosenberg on the ones and twos and taking your calls at 877-337-6666. As the Devils, was it, who was it? Was it Eric Howla? Eric Howla puts them ahead just right now. The score is 3-2. New Jersey Devils over there. The New York Rangers at the Rock in Newark. Uh, I didn't see the play at all. All I saw was a celebration. And it was Eric Howla. Was it top shelf? Let me see. I, can't, I have to look at another replay here because the, the angle from behind the goal, you couldn't exactly tell. Yeah, top shelf. Glove side. Top shelf. Eric Howla. Devils by one at the very beginning of the third period. I'll keep an eye on it for you. 877-337-6666. Much of the talk tonight has been centered around the New York Giants and what to do with the quarterback situation moving forward. And it's... It's a really sad state of affairs because if you look at the Giants' schedule, there are still seven games left on their schedule, and we are talking about what moves to make in the offseason, the word draft, two quarterbacks that, that everybody's looking at. Like, it's just, I mean, it's a sad, it's sad. It's a really sad state of affairs. Where did it all go wrong for the Giants this season? And And, and to me, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that this is essentially the same team this year as it was last year. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What say you? 877-337-6666. I don't want them to draft a quarterback. I believe you have to build the team out from the inside out, uh, offensive line outward. But ultimately, I do think they do draft a quarterback. Um Anyway, let's see what you think. 877-337-6666. Alex in Asbury Park. What's going on, Alex? Hey, yeah, I just I don't necessarily think that Jones is the guy for a couple reasons. One, um, you know, he's coming in with one good year, you know, hasn't really put up great numbers. He's been hurt and whatnot. And um, I just think there's something to be said for, like, uh, Shane and Dayball getting their guy and being able to develop him just the way they had a part in developing Allen up in Buffalo. Um, you know, and, and granted, I'll be the first one to tell you, like, the O-line's been terrible. Jones has not been set up for success. Right. But um, from what I've seen out of Caleb Williams, it's like he's got the ability to roll out and make plays, you know, and it just doesn't seem like Jones has that. And if he is that generational talent that people are talking about, then I think it's worth taking a shot. Right. I just and and I'm with you, right? And and maybe that that's that's how it's going to develop over the next couple months here, but 
you, I, I've got to see Caleb Williams against a ranked team, a ranked opponent. You know, what does he do in the combine? What are his interview skills like? Like, there's so much more than just watching him, you know, throw a 50 yard bomb down the field against an unranked team today. You know what I mean? Like, Sure. I get it, sure. you know. So, but ultimately, yeah, I do think the Giants are end up going to end up taking the quarterback. I'm, I'm not sure I can get behind it at this point in time yet, though. Yeah, listen, I, I I agree with you on on many of those points. I just I don't see a world in which Jones is going to be successful. You know, I mean, you know, as far as like buying an O line, it's just I, I think historically in the NFL that's tough to do. You know, it's like a lot of these great O lines have developed over years playing together. Right. Hopefully, we can get a healthy Andrew Thomas next year, Evan Neal develops a little bit more, the O-line gets better, and, you know, we can cool. still draft some some, some more O-line later in, you know, later on in the draft. But, but see, I but, think, but Alex, know, here's where I disagree. I think, like, think about the Brickishaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold, right? I, I think the Giants okay. should should trade down just a slight bit, a little bit, and somehow, and, and obviously you got to look at the draft board, and obviously we are well, you know, in advance of that, but... See if you can come down with the kid from Penn State on the offensive line, Joe Alt from from Notre Dame on the offensive line, and there's your two big guys. Then you've last year you addressed center with John Michael Schmitz. You've got uh, Andrew Thomas, and then you use Evan Neal for a depth piece. I don't know if he's ever going to develop, you know. So I, no doubt. I, that's what I would do. That and and then yeah. and then and and then maybe you go out and get the quarterback the next year, and you trade up, you package some picks to go do it, or, or something. You get creative in doing it. But it, to have sure. a rookie guy come in now, it, it's it's not going to move the needle at all for me. Right, right. My fear with doing that is like, listen, I, I think if, if the Giants wind up with one or two, they'll come away with a King's ransom if they decide to trade down. It's just yes. I don't want to see them in a position where they're drafting an O-line, getting a little bit better, and they start winning six, seven games mm-hmm. a season, and now it's like, what do you got to do to get the next great quarterback? Right. Yeah, no, and that's and that's Alex. Thank you, and that's kind of what we've been talking about all night. That's the conundrum that the Giants find themselves in right now. I mean, what do you do? I it's 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 it seems like it's like those who did not believe in Daniel Jones from the beginning are justifying it now by saying, "Yep, ready to jump ship, draft the next guy," and those who like me believed in Daniel Jones from the beginning are and still do are like, "No, no, wait it out." Draft two offensive linemen in the first round if you can work out a way to do it, or at least in the first and the second round. I don't know. That's me. But it it just feels like no matter what people say or do to convince someone of of the other way, it's just you're dug in, I think. And it's a sad state of affairs with seven games left still on the schedule. Uh, let's go to Levy in Brooklyn at 877-337-6666. What's going on? Hi, what's up? How are you? Okay, he hung up. Paul, how old was that kid? Levy in Brooklyn? Hi, what's up? And he hung up. Did he just prank call me? No, I don't think so. I think the phone just got disconnected, honestly. All right, well, if he calls back, we'll ask him how old he is. At least it's not past his bedtime, I don't think. 877-337-6666. Uh, something else I want to kind of inject into the conversation tonight is this Carissa Thompson thing. Um, I feel like Carissa Thompson set me and others in my position back years. And if you somehow missed it, she admitted on some podcast that she made up stuff for her live 
in-game hits. And that's just wrong on so many levels. Like, where is the integrity, right? But A, just the arrogance of the whole thing. Like, to admit, you did it, right? And now you're going to admit it publicly? Like, what is wrong with you? That's arrogant. And B, just the overall, I guess, non-professionalism of it. Like, it shows you're not doing your homework. Like, NFL sideline reporters sit in every single production meeting that the play-by-play person does and the color commentators do. They ask questions. They gather the full story. They work on building trust with the coaches, the players, team personnel, media departments. Like, I bet you a a million dollars that in in a pinch, any of them, any of those sideline reporters, except for Carissa Thompson, of course, could jump in the booth in an emergency and take over in the booth in, in an absolute emergency. No doubt. They are just as prepared as the rest of the broadcast team. So, like, like there are dozens of people running off the field at halftime and at the conclusion of the game. And all you need to do is just get one of them, an assistant coach whose unit made a big impact on the game. Yes, I mean, even assistant coaches have good information to give. And that's on you if you can't get someone. And if you legitimately can't find someone to talk to running in at the half or or at the end of the game, you revert back to your notes from your week-long conversations in those production meetings, and you compare them with what you are watching and seeing on the field, the game in front of you. Of course, if you took those notes and if you are watching the game, which Carissa Thompson clearly wasn't, she wasn't doing that. And, and and on a personal level, like, despite what Ralph and Lakewood thinks, I do countless hours of homework to prepare for my show because, well, you know what? I always want to bring you the best content I possibly can. I always want to be well-informed about a topic before I talk about it to the hundreds of thousands of people that tune into this radio station. But also, I'm always extra well-prepared because I know if I have a slip-up, or if I don't know something right off the top of my head without having to, you know, look it up on the internet real quick, I, in the eyes of many, I'm not getting a second chance that might be awarded to, let's say, a man in my position. I'm not getting that second chance. Oh, she doesn't know. Why do you, why do you, I have favorite teams in this New York market. Why do you think I don't tell you what they are? Because if I say I'm a fan of Team X, Those that support Team Y are like, ha, she has no idea. She doesn't know about my team. She's a fan of X. She doesn't know about my Y team. That's two strikes against me. See that, right? Well, yes, I do love all New York sports. I I love when they do well. Makes this job a lot more fun, a lot more happy. But there's a method behind the madness, right? And I'm not trying to make this into a war. Like, I'm just telling you, like, my own personal experience. Experiences I've lived. And there's people on this station that don't that aren't do not have New York sports teams as their favorite teams. And that's okay. It's okay for them, right? So so why is it maybe not okay for me at times that I, I root for all of them? You know? And, and and I and others in my position work exponentially hard to make sure it doesn't come off that way. 
I have a full-time career. I have a full-time career that takes up a minimum, minimum nine hours of my day. Nine. Every day. And yet I come in here very well prepared. So this just puts a really bad light on women in sports altogether. And, and, and I looked, came up on my memories on social media. It says six years ago today, ironically, that I'm talking to you here, sitting, sitting here talking to you about it. But ironically, six years ago today, tonight, I made my debut as a sideline reporter for Princeton women's basketball. And man, of all the positions that I have held in sports media, paid or not paid, most of them, by the way, not paid until I got here, by the way. Researcher. Out of all these things, all these different roles, researcher, media editor, website designer, writer, text editor, podcaster, clubhouse reporting in a way, interviewer for sure, sports talk show host. It, like It's no exaggeration when I tell you that sideline reporting was the most difficult role that I have ever filled. Not that it wasn't fun. But don't get that. It was, I, I loved it. It was an awesome time. But it was for sure the most difficult role within sports media that I have filled to this point in time right now. And in a tweet, Andrea Kramer, one of only three women in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, by the way, she said in a tweet, I'm sickened by the insulting mockery being made of sideline reporting, a challenging role primarily manned by women, most of whom understand and respect the values of journalism and are integral, trusted members of a broadcast team. That from Angie Kramer in a tweet. And my mentor, Laura Oakman, always a teacher she is, she said in part on Twitter, quote, using as an opportunity to teach young reporters. I can, I, I can hear her saying this, right? There's coaches who, do, who don't give anything. And even apologize early in the week for that. She said, my point being is you prepare for these instances. Absolutely, she's right. And and I saw that Carissa Thompson posted an apology on the internet. I, for one, don't believe everything I read on the internet. So I don't know if I believe it. And guess what? I didn't even care to read it. I don't care. Because there's nothing Carissa Thompson can say now that would make it better for me, personally speaking. Make it easier for me because you can't put the toothpaste back into the tube. And if she were sitting right next to me in this studio, I would say this to Carissa Thompson. You tarnished the reputations of those who do it the right way. And I am disappointed in you and in all of the new people that you have enabled to degrade women in sports. Safe to say, Carissa Thompson is, is so far off my radar she will never be a guest on my show. I'm not reading any sort of apology. And that's that. Done. Cut off. Done. I personally work way too hard to deal with any of that. 877-337-6666. Is this a real name here, Paul? We've got the bear in the Bronx. There's a bear on the loose no. in the Bronx. What's going on? <laughs> I totally, I totally agree with you. I mean, she, she shot her credibility and women in the sports business, because I've been in the business, mm -hmm. get, get really, you know what, thrown all over them because 
they're, they're women. What do they know? Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it's we're we're in 2000. You know, it's the 21st century. You know, I mean, my daughter can compete with half the half the guys in, in her job talking about sports because of me. Yep. So I don't buy that. Yep. Um, totally agree. I'm, I'm and, and, and 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 I'm the, and one second. What you said about the credibility. Not only did she damage her own, she damaged the credibility of thousands of other people like her. Which is exactly what I was going for. Thank you. Absolutely, uh, and and you know, I mean, I I knock men because I was I was telling the guy who answered the phone. I knock men when they're not a fan of my team. I knock men and I say, "Well, what do you know about my team? I mean, you're right. you're an Atlanta Falcon fan, right? You know, but a woman really gets it because it's like, what do you know about sports in general, right? You know, uh, and and it's like, wake up." Totally agree with you. That's, that's passe. On the other, on another note, I want to talk to you. I know you were talking about Jones. Yeah. I know you were saying he was, he was your boy, but let's face it. You know the Giants are going to go that way. Yep. But nobody talks about the Jets. That's going to have the same problem because <laughs> they only got that rented quarterback for two years. That yeah. That has been for two years. It has and been. Come it, on. Yeah. I, look. Got hurt. He hasn't proved anything to me. I mean, all he won was one Super Bowl with Green Bay. He hasn't done nothing here. He played for how many How many plays? It was 40, uh, uh, 75 seconds. Yeah. But <laughs> bye-bye. And he's going to come back? This is a joke. I think he's going to come joke. back. He's holding, I, well, if he comes back, it's a major miracle. I mean, uh, then again, I could say, what do you know about comebacks? <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's It's... It's really, it's ridiculous. I don't think he's going to come back. I really don't. Not even next and year. If he does next year, yeah, but this year, no. Oh. Well, he's this not year, come back this year. I mean, the Jets have to be in a playoff hunt. I don't expect the guy to come back, and, and they're going to be out of it. Well, yeah, uh, but I, you know, he, he said, they say he can do what he wants, and mm-hmm. he has hard wants. I mean, you know, this, seems that way. This, yeah, this is really drawn out. This is really drawn out. And and the Jets fan is going to suffer in the end, and we're not going to get a, a playoff team on because you can't depend on this defense week in and week out. I know I'm when they're tired. always on the field, it's like it's hard for them to continue. Like people don't understand that. Oh, well, they gave up this many points. Yeah, but they've been on the field for seventy five percent of the game. Three and out, three and out, three and out. The Jets are one of the worst teams on third down. Horrible! It's horrible. I mean, this is the worst. But I enjoy your show. And you keep on letting them have it. Women know just as much as men about sports. That's right. And thanks. I appreciate the call there. And, and yeah, maybe we're going to have this conversation a year from right now about Zach Wilson, potentially, and, and, and what to do with him and who the quarterback of the future for the Jets is going to be. Because Aaron Rodgers, like you said, is only, only under, under, under contract for one more year. But the only way he's coming back, I do believe he's coming back. And the only way he's going to do so is if the Jets are in the playoff hunt. We could do Jets prediction uh, and more of your calls, especially about Carissa Thompson and, and, and the, the atrocity, she, the crime that she committed uh, for, for just women in sports in general. My name is Danielle McCartan, 877-337-6666. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Our goal for next year, I got news for you, it won't change. And it'll never change. We're going to chase that Super Bowl. We're going, to, we're going to chase it until we get it. And then we'll chase it after that again. But that's it. People want to criticize us. 
then you go ahead, but you really got no right. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. back to the fam. My name is Danielle McCartan, hanging with you till midnight, the stroke of midnight, right here on WFAN Sports Talk Radio, the original, the legendary WFAN. Polly Rosenberg is behind the glass, taking your calls. Uh, our Temi Panarin during the break, or I guess right before, I wasn't really looking at the TV, but our Temi Panarin has tied it up for, excuse me, for the Rangers, 3-3 three to three with 7.35 to go. That was his second goal on the night. Again, Paul and I will continue to keep an eye on it for you. Uh, some Daniel Jones talk, what to do for the Giants quarterback situation moving forward. I opened up the phone lines to the Carissa Thompson debacle. Uh, she just, she just, I, I tell you, she set women in sports back at least a couple years with the comments she made uh, earlier this week. And I am, uh, I took it personally. You know, look around. It's Lori and I. So I, I took it personally. Um, Sideline reporters work just as hard to be just as prepared as the rest of the broadcast team. And uh, it's a shame. It's a shame that, you know, either you have the information or you don't have the information. And if you don't, and it's okay, sometimes it, sometimes you can't get the interview, but then you go back to your notes that you should have been taking all week. You you trust with your eyes are telling you and you give a report that way. You just don't simply make it up. Come on. Where's the credibility in that? 877-337-6666. We go up to uh, New Paltz, New York. What's going on, Nick? Hey, Danielle. Nice talking to you. I love your show, Thank your you. passion. I really enjoy when you're on the air. Thank you. I did want to bring up uh, two things, just a question and a comment uh, as far as the um, sideline journalists are concerned. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, when you are speaking on it earlier how it was one of the hardest jobs that you had in your career up to this point. And I'm wondering if maybe you could elaborate on that. And yeah. the other point, the observation I wanted to make was, I remember about 10 years ago, maybe 11, 12, 10 years ago, I was at a Giants game and I had won like really great tickets at the 50 yard line, mm-hmm. like right down on the field. I uh, won at a raffle. I was thrilled. And I just remember observing the goings on on the sideline. I, I recall this distinctly. And I noticed that Pam Brown was on the sideline at the time. I guess she was with Fox at the time. And, the insults and just the disgusting, deplorable things that some drunken idiot fans were spewing at her while she was trying to do her job, like, just really disturbed me. I'm wondering if that's something that in your career you had to deal with. So I'll take your response off air. Thank you so much, Danielle. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I appreciate that. And that's a good question. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I did. I wasn't. It wasn't a hostile environment by any means. I, I work, work for Princeton Women's Basketball. It was six years ago. Today was my first game I ever did. And um, I did sideline reporting for the Princeton women's basketball team. And, you know, it's a lot of preparation throughout the week, right? And and basketball isn't just weekly. Basketball is like, well, Ivy League happens on the weekends, okay? So they only play on weekends. They don't play during the week. So for me, it was a weekly thing. And, you know, I just remember, like, you have, you know, throughout the week, like, I took it upon myself. Like, I, I realized I wasn't doing such a great job. And I and I took it upon myself, obviously teaching and coaching and coaching volleyball at the time. I, I, I asked for the coach's phone number. um, And I asked for the coach's phone number. I talked to her. I made We made it like a weekly thing, maybe on, was it Thursday? Every Thursday we talked to each other for about an hour, and she was great. Courtney Banghart, she coaches at UNC now. 
Oh, she was she was fantastic. She would give me little nuggets, and 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 then I started asking for all right, that's great and all. And, and the opposing coach, if the opposing coach wanted to talk to me, fine. Um, but then I would start talking, uh, you know, because I was the Princeton home team broadcaster, right? So I would ask for some Princeton players, and I remember there was just um, a story that. Uh, the one girl was a Bears fan, and I kind of worked it into the broadcast, and I was like, wow, that, that was pretty cool. Like, I grew throughout the season, you know? But the adversity, and, and I remember, too, one of the, the fathers, uh, Bella Allery's dad, she ended up playing in the WNBA, the Dallas, she got drafted by the Dallas Wings. Her dad, and Mark Allery, by the way, NBA, he said, hey, like, when we watch the games on TV, like, you do, you do a good job. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, I, you know, I appreciate that. But it's, it's a lot of freaking work, man. I didn't tell him that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was difficult because you're standing there on the sideline. You, you're, you're, your spot is, like, between whistles. That's it. So you got about maybe 30 seconds to get your story out in a, in a succinct manner. There's a marching band playing indoors at Jadwin Gymnasium right in your freaking face. And I was in the marching band. It's loud. So you got that. You got, you're trying to hear yourself talk without sounding like you're yelling over the band because the people at home, it's not so loud for them. And also, in your earpiece, you got a producer explaining to you the next directions in your, and as you're trying to talk. And, and it's, it's very, very difficult. And then you're, and you're also listening for the, when the other ear, you're listening for the action in the game coming on behind you. That you can't, you can't be standing on, on the baseline when they're about to inbound the ball. And you can't turn around and look at it. So... That's I mean basketball. That's my experience, and and it it was very very difficult. Um, preparation wise, not so much because that's kind of my middle name. But once you get out there, I mean, man, I I forgot what I was gonna say one time. I forgot what I was gonna say one time, and then the producer in my ear was like, "Got gotcha. you." So that means they were going to B roll, and I was able to check my notes really quick, regain my composure really quick, and then they came back to me, which was a really good teamwork effort, you know. So and that was right in the beginning. So yeah, it's silent reporting. It's it's not easy, not easy. And for her to come out and just make, I mean, I'm doing college basketball, Ivy League basketball, and like, I'm going above and beyond. Like, how could you be in that position with the NFL, like at the NFL level and making stuff up? Uh, that part I just don't understand. Let's go to Chris in Lynchburg, Virginia. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Danielle. How you doing tonight? Great. How are you? And wait, one more thing, Chris. I, I just wanted to add on that I, I love doing that job. It was it was challenging. It was stimulating. It was fun. So I don't want anybody to get the you know the misconception there. It was a great job. I love that job. Yeah, no. From what you from what you described, it sounded like it'd be a fun job for sure. Um, yeah, no. I'm I'm calling because um, I just want to make the point that, like I said, you do a great job with your show, and that's why like I appreciate you like my uh, my, my comment on text the other night because I think you and. Do a great job for WFA, and we like Thank you too. I love listening to you. So you definitely know your stuff, and I really appreciate your point of view. Thank you. So for Chris and Thompson to do that is just ridiculous. And again, I'm not saying I, I feel sorry for like you and everybody else who does the hard work. I'm not saying you should feel sorry, but just just ridiculous how she like embarrassed herself and the profession. Because right. again, somebody like you, you do a lot of work and you put an effort, and for her to do that was just uh, not cool. Yeah, and and, and um, almost in a way like disappointing, like. Even if you did that, why go on a podcast and tell the world that you did it? You know, that's a stupid yeah. move. I agree. I agree. Um, which brings me back to my point about, um, like I said, your, your, your opinion and knowledge, which I respect. Um, I, I saw your pick earlier about going Jet 16-13. Of course, I'm a Jet fan, so I want them to win. Uh, I, I'll admit I'm being a little pessimistic because they haven't looked good. But I'm just curious to know, like, in your opinion, what do you think has to happen for the Jets to win that game, because I, I again, I'm, I want them to win, but I'm very pessimistic because they just looked awful the past few weeks. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Chris, that's a great question there. And and we'll talk officially about the score projection coming up. But but succinctly and shortly, I think it's I think it's the Jets defense is outstanding. I've said it before. I said it every week. Championship caliber defense is going to keep this team in the game, of course. And I think the Jets are getting the bills at at the very correct time, the right time. Timing is everything, right, in life. And I think um, I think the Jets are getting the bills. It's it's less about the Jets and it's more about the Bills skid to me. Firing the, the offensive coordinator on Tuesday. It's a short week. There's a lot of things stacked up against this Bills team that for me. It's kind of less about the Jets, more about the Bills and where they're at currently. So that's the short version of it. But I'll give you the official reasoning and the official prediction. Uh, actually, that's going to be coming up next, but I can't break yet. So we go to Juan in the Bronx. What's going on, Juan? Juan, are you there? Paul, going once, going twice. Juan is not there. Is it our phones? It's not our phones. All right. Well, that was that. <laughs> oh, the Rangers just took the lead, four to three. Miller? Was it Miller? All I saw was the separate the celebration, or was it VC? Let's take a look at this replay here. The Rangers have just taken the lead with two forty nine to go in the game, four to three. This is. Um, I wish I could like hear this game and actually sit and really pay attention to it. But someone on Twitter, Michael and Jerry, he was like, "This is like a playoff game, playoff atmosphere over there in Newark tonight." They have not showed a replay today. Oh, here it goes. All right. Let's see. Yep, on the redirect. Yep, VC on the redirect. Yep, on the on the ricochet. I don't know where it ricocheted off of, but that was a nice that was a nice play. That was a, a back end. Very nice goal by Jimmy oh, VC. Beautiful, actually. That was going away from the net on the backhand, and it went VC- in. He's been jumping tonight. Artemi Panarin has nine shots on goal, two goals. So I, I thought this would be a, a, a rocking of a, a good game tonight at the Rocket. It has been four, three really exciting stuff. Yeah, this is uh, man, this is one I, one I want to be at. You know, this is one of those kinds. This is this is a playoff uh, situation here. Now the Devils with their backs against the wall would have two minutes and twenty two seconds to put one. Who's who's in goal tonight for the Rangers? I haven't seen. Is it Igor? It is Igor. Igor's back working. first time in two weeks or so since he got a little shaken up. And of course, Jack Hughes is back too, first time in five games as well. You know what bothers me about hockey, Paul? And maybe you can agree with me here, but how they list them on the injury report? It's like upper body, yeah, lower body, yeah. Like if like say you play fantasy hockey because I know people who do play fantasy hockey. If it's a lower body, okay, is it an Achilles rupture or is it like a, a, a black and blue on your knee? So you the know? reason they do that is because hockey is such a physical sport that if they know that Jack Hughes had a bad collarbone or a bad shoulder, the players on the ice are going to attack that area of his body. Uh, that is the reason why they say upper body, lower body. Okay. It is specifically because, and that is oh. like, I don't know who hit that, but that is a long, long goal. Empty net goal. It's just about over here. And I, I, I didn't see who scored it. So that's, that's the reason why they do that. Yeah, it's just, I know. I, it makes sense. I just, I don't like it. Blake Wheeler with the empty net goal, by the way. Blake Wheeler. 5-3 Rangers. I think Devils fans are headed for the exits. That was at, like, mid-ice. Where was that? From the logo, maybe? From the opposite blue line. <laughs> and 
Rangers fans are rejoicing at the Garden. I mean, at the at the at the Prudential Center at the Rock. Devils fans are headed for the exit. That was a good game. From what I saw, that that was a good game. All right, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the phone number to call. Maybe you're hopping in your car after this Devils game. I want to hear your reactions. Devils Rangers game, and uh, yeah, I'll give you my official pick for this Jets Bills Week Eleven game. My name is Daniel McCartan. With you till twelve here on the fan. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. My name is Danielle McCartan. If you're headed home from the Rock, from the Prudential Center, give me a call as the Rangers defeat the Devils with a final score of 5-3. to Looked like a good game from the one eyeball I had on it. And no volume and no closed captioning, but looked good. Looked competitive. And um, the return of Igor Shesterkin and of Jack Hughes. So both teams are on the, the, the right path there. I do have... An email out to the Devils for the past um, two weeks or so. Um, it was supposed to be for last weekend, but uh, I bailed. It was me. I bailed on it. Um, we're going to reschedule for hopefully this Friday. Uh, have a Devils player on air with you this Friday. I've got a couple shows over the next couple of days. Thanksgiving Day from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. So two hours. Thanksgiving morning. And then the following nights. Uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. to midnight. Saturday night. 8 p.m. to midnight. So hopefully uh, we could talk to one of the Devils, and um, I don't know who it's going to be. They they go kind of always just kind of surprise me. You know, you get on, we, we create a Zoom after the game. Whoever walks into the Zoom room, that's who you get. So it's it's hey, it's uh it's a fun it's fun. I love interviewing, and I love bringing you those those interviews. So um, we'll see we'll see what we can do for Friday. I never like promising things. Because the last time I promised something, it didn't happen. It had nothing to do with me or the athlete. Everything to do with the ownership, that being Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. We can go back to that story if you'd like. But, uh, yeah, that happened this summer. Yes, it did. 877-337-6666. We'll do a Jets uh, prediction coming up. Oh, but we've got, before we do that, Juan in the Bronx. He is back. Juan, what's up with your phone? Hey, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I don't know what happened. I heard you perfectly. Anyhow, anyhow, great show as usual. Thank you. And uh, I want to tell you, I missed you the last two weeks, and I've been grumpy like, ah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay, uh, Daniel, uh, if you sit back uh, during the off season, or maybe now about, and you try to pinpoint where it was that Brian Dable maybe started losing the team a little bit mm-hmm. or the hierarchy or what have you, you have to point to that game two weeks ago where on a night where your feature back runs the mock for 100 and something yards. Are you talking the but- check game? No, 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 the, uh, the the Giants, I'm sorry. No, 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 The against the Jets or against the Raiders? Which game was it? 
No, no, the uh, uh, the game two weeks ago, I forget who it was against. So it was in Vegas. Way, he then. did not go for the fourth and uh, for the fourth down at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, and on a night where your feature back runs amok for hundred and something yards, well, and it's that the night, end of the game, and 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 uh, and you need a yard and a half. You don't trust. Mm -hmm. You don't trust him to get you another measly yard right. and inches. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that, it's been bothering me. And uh, and like I said, if you sit back and you try to pinpoint where he started, maybe uh, getting into this favor with the fans or whatever, you can point into that. Thank you. Danielle, have a great week. Yeah, thanks, Juan. You two will talk over the next couple of days, I'm sure. Um, it's hard. It's hard because I'm not in that locker room. I've asked, I, you know, I want to be in that locker room, and I want to be able to have that answer for you. For you know, on that day, on this week, I, this is where it went wrong for the Giants. This is where the tide started turning in the locker room. Because again, you had Dexter Lawrence. He wanted to go celebrate his birthday with his family, so he didn't talk to the media. I mean, come on, man. Like, really? Really, really? You know better than that. What's well, going to take you an extra 10 minutes to answer some questions? That's it. You know, so that's reprehensible. Xavier McKinney's coming out. You've got Slayton and Shepard arguing with each other on the sidelines. Like, this is all not a good look for Brian Dable, the coach of the year last year. And I know losing brings the worst out in people. I totally get that. But it's not a good look. And if you ask me to pinpoint where it went wrong, I... I almost want to point to to the the standoff with Saquon Barkley before the season even started. I think that had a huge impact on this team. You know, you get a homegrown guy, you know, homegrown meaning drafted, and they drafted him. He's been with the Giants. They they talk about his worth and 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 they, the Giants did the absolute right move. Like that's the move I was I was advocating for on the air. It's just I don't know how well received that was within the locker room. Nothing, you know, it wasn't Brian Table's call there. It was obviously Joe Shane's call, but that's what I think. I think that kind of put a damper on the season. Then you get drudged by the Cowboys in week one, and I think that was it. I don't know. Again, I'm not in the locker room. But, uh, yeah, Jets-Bills, 425 Sunday. All right, so, so when you look at this Jets-Bills game, everything on paper is pointing to a Jets loss. I mean... Look at look at this against the Raiders. They reached a red zone just once against a red zone just once against a very mediocre, putting it nicely, Las Vegas Raiders defense. The Jets on the season are thirtieth in the league in points scored per game. Their quarterback Zach Wilson has not improved all season long. I mean, there is no more debate about that, right? I mean, do we have any Zach Wilson truthers out there? If that's you. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to figure out the the, the, the psychology behind that. Uh, call me up. Call Paul up. 877-337-6666. But I think we're beyond that, right? But there's something that stats, looking at spreadsheets, like they doesn't really account for. And I, and I said it before, and it's timing. I think that the New York Jets are getting the Buffalo Bills at the right time. The Bills have lost three out of their last four. And in their only win out of that group of games, 
They beat the Buccaneers by just one score, six points. Um, Josh Allen has looked pedestrian. He he actually leads the league in turnovers and in interceptions. Three of his 11 interceptions have come at the hands of the Jets' defense in week one. So they've got his number. And as a result of his poor performance on Monday Night Football and the offense's poor performance on Monday Night Football, the Bills fired Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator this week. So I'm hoping that the offense is going to be in disarray for the Bills, especially, especially because it's all happening on a short week. Like, they played Monday night, fired Dorsey on Tuesday, replaced him with this new guy, Joe Brady, on Tuesday. That's, I mean, that's a tall task for a guy who's, I, in my, I, my research, has never been an offensive coordinator before. That's a, that's a tough ask. So I'm hoping there's going to be a little bit of disarray. So if the Jets, and I know their first quarter point differential is awful, a worse than the league has to be. They've got to jump on this this Bills team early because if they get if they find something that works, they're going to keep going back to it. And I don't know. It's just to me like you look at this kind of like wide angle lens, and and you want to break in a new offensive coordinator against this championship caliber Jets defense. I don't know, man. Like it, it's a Jets defense that generates the second highest pressure rate in the league, and they don't even really blitz. That means they've got many more guys back in the box to make a, a, you know, to make a play on a pass play, for example. And it's a defense, this Jets defense, that holds quarterbacks to the fourth lowest rating in the National Football League. And, and think about the, the quarterbacks that the Jets have played so far this season. Yes, Allen, Dak Prescott, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. So that number and that 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 statistic it, it holds a lot of weight with me. So if you want to break in a new offensive coordinator against all that, good luck. You know, good luck. So I say, I say, you give me, give me the Jets to win. Yep, Jets to win. Take over second place in the AFC East tomorrow. And for this, I am picking against all conventional wisdom this week. What? Ba- Against my model, my my the model that I use to make my score predictions, against my you know conventional wisdom, against logic, yeah, I'm picking against the Bills tomorrow. I know the Jets are seven point road dogs, but the final score that I'm going with is New York Jets sixteen, Buffalo Bills thirteen. Jets sixteen, Bills thirteen. That's my official prediction. I always post it online. Uh, Always a little bit of accountability there. And um, you can't criticize unless you post your own score prediction there as well. So Jets 16-13. So what I'm thinking is I'm thinking the Jets are going to score a touchdown somehow, whether that be defensively or, or, or whatnot. But they'll score one touchdown, which makes it seven, and then three field goals. Because Greg Zerloin has been the Jets' offense for a long period of time. I mean, Zach Wilson, the last touchdown throw that he threw – was October, oh boy, October 1st. Because I'm not giving him the Brees Hall uh, dump, the dump off to Brees, the 50-yard dump off to Brees Hall. I'm not giving that to Zach Wilson. That's no way. That was against the Giants. I'm not giving him that throw. Yes, technically it's a touchdown pass, but it was literally a throw to the line of scrimmage 
Brees Hall's feet were still on the blue line when he caught that ball. And then he took it to the house. That's not a touchdown pass from Zach Wilson. Sorry. So if you go back to his last real touchdown pass, October 1st. Tomorrow will be November 19th. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So I think the, the touchdown comes by way of the defense. Uh, maybe a pick six. Uh, as you know, Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions, and the Jets picked him off three times the last time they faced him. So uh, I, I would not be surprised if the touchdown is scored off of a pick six. And then I would go uh, three field goals by Greg the Leg. Because the Jets can never seem to get off the field in third down. They can't make a touchdown in the red zone. They're among the worst in the league at doing that, too. So they settle for field goals, and why not tomorrow? Uh, so, uh, of course, I'm going to bet that when I go back home to New Jersey. And I'm just checking out the, the Orchard Park weather for tomorrow because I wanted to see the wind for tomorrow. 43 degrees tomorrow. Sunshine and clouds mixed. Sustained wind at 14 miles an hour. That might make it difficult. That might make it difficult for Zerline. But in in in, uh, in, in Greg the Leg, I have faith. 877-337-6666. My name is Danielle McCartan, hanging with you till midnight. We've got a quick break, a Manny Rodriguez update, and I'm back with you at the top of the 10 p.m. hour with some Survivor Pool discussion. And, of course, more Giants, Jets, and Carissa Thompson, if you will, and some hockey. Again, 877-337-66. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. DJ Paulie Rosenberg on the ones and twos. 877-337-6666. Oh, yeah, we're just getting started, baby. Two hours in, two hours to go. And and, and this is so funny. On, on the break, but right before I went to break, I said, well, the Zach Wilson truthers out there, I want to hear from you. I mean, ask and you may receive because a Twitter account, guy's name is Zach underscore truther. <laughs> I've. I, I'm not joking you. He called me nothing but an arrogant host, and I can go and get lost now. Okay. Can't defend. I see he said I can't defend Zach Wilson. Okay. I said, all right. You know what? Go ahead. Give me the top three reasons why you defend Zach Wilson. And you know you're arguing with an idiot because he says one. Oh, hold on. Let's see. Let's see. I got to go find it again. Number one, he said arm talent one. He can run too, and people that played the position see it only. Wait, and people that played the position see it, but only WFAN hosts don't. So, what I responded back to him was a direct quote from Boomer Sison from two or three days ago. Boomer Sison, both a WFAN host and a person that played the position. Am I wrong? Boomer said, "You. This is a quote. You just wonder if Zach has what it takes, especially in this market, to become that quarterback." I don't think he has that. Case closed, right? Case closed. Oh, man. Now the guys accuse me of being a homer. You got no likes to stand on, Zach Truther. Sorry about that. 877-337-6666. Checkmate, maybe, right? All right. Um, Also, one thing. 
Um, I heard somebody ask JR before, too, on, on the phones for a survivor pick. And, I mean, if you've been following along with my journey, I'm in a pool with a major betting site. It started, like, somewhere around, like, 67,000 people. It, it, there are just 2,791 people left, and I'm one of them. I'm still alive. And if I can make it, I read the. I, I'm up to the point where I read the fine print, I read the rules. If I can make it to the end of the regular season with the streak still intact, what happens is I split the $100,000 prize with however many people are left. And this was free to enter, so this didn't cost me anything. So um, I had the Cowboys last week. I know, I know. Sorry about that, but I did. And um, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. Like, are, are the Giants the new team to pick against? Well, if Matt Barkley doesn't get in tomorrow, I know the Giants are tanking. So so the answer to that question would be yes. And I already use Washington in week one, so I'm not really able or not really willing to kind of test that theory out just yet with the Giants. Uh, I just I just hate picking against their own teams. But, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys last week were, were unavoidable, you know. And... um Anyway, so with that said, my my week 11 pick, if you are still in it, my week 11 pick is the Detroit Lions over the Chicago Bears in the early window. And like by by, by myself, I I always like to stay away from divisional games, but like again, this was kind of unavoidable just like last week. Just I mean, based on who I've picked and 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 you know, I have some other more I think in my opinion more important qualifications. That's kind of like number 3 or 4. Like for me, no primetime games. Anything can and anything has happened to me in a survivor pool. If you go back, you see Rodgers, Packers versus the Bears in primetime. Broken collarbone screwed me. And then my other rule of thumb is no away teams. So that kind of narrows it down every week for me. That's kind of how the lens I look through it in or with. So, um... Friday evening is when I made the pick. They were at the the Lions were at minus four hundred. Um, yeah, give me the Lions this week. Let's go Lions. And uh, probably more important is don't do it to me again, Chicago. Don't do it. Let me divide that out. One hundred thousand dollars divided by two thousand. What was it? Two thousand. 791 grand total of $36 right now. Great. (laughs) $36. Hey, that's $36 richer than when I started. Of course, I didn't pay to get in it. So, you know, I I picked the lines and and we'll see. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. If you can't get through, it's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McGuire. Back to the phones we go. We go out to, or down to, Lake Mary, Florida. What's going on, Michael? How are you this week? How are you, Danielle? Doing good. Doing good. Oh, can we can we pivot and talk about the New York Rangers and this phenomenal start they've had so we have something good to talk I about? I know. This New has York. been a gloom and doom show so far. <laughs> oh, man. But before I get a phenomenal game, I mean, really, tonight, that was a, a real playoff atmosphere as I, as you as you. Told I, I tweeted you there, but uh, 
back and forth and just a late win and comeback by the Rangers. But one thing I wanted to point out here is I was looking to see what's different about the Rangers this year, and there's two major things I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So I did my little homework here on my staff. All right, so, good. I like that. One is power play is at 33% this year percentage. Devils are one. Rangers are number two. They were one for three tonight, so the, the 33% stayed. Mm-hmm. League average is at 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest one that I saw that the Rangers never have ever done well is they lead the league in faceoff percentage wins. Mm-hmm. They're, they're coming into this game, they were at 56% of wins. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, if you watch hockey and see, you win faceoffs when you're penalty killing. You get the puck right out of the zone. That's 20, 25 seconds off the clock before the, the other team can come back in the zone again and try to attack you. Right. Same way on the other way around, when you have a power play, when you win that, you're, you're getting more chances. So it just all adds up that these things are happening for them that never happened before. And uh, I just, I know it's super early, but it's a fantastic start. I love what uh, what Laviolette is doing with, with with this team. I love I love the system he's employed, and yeah. and I'm just hoping that you know they can continue with it. But the big thing is is they really have some good depth this year too because they've they've, they've there's been some guys that have been down hurt the last few games. Adam Fox has been out, Filipino's been out, Shosturkin's been out, but they still keep winning. So. It's just I, I just wanted to get your take on that, and uh, I'll hang up. And uh, you have a great night. I'll talk to you probably Thanksgiving. Okay. All right, Michael. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right, take care. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it, if you haven't yet um, dabbled into hockey, seeing as though the Giants' season is over, the Jets are teetering on the brink pretty much every single week. You you might want to start to get into hockey because we've got some good teams here. Um, we've got. Of course, a playoff-like atmosphere. I, I wish I could have watched it and seen it more specifically. Um, ha- that happened at the Rock tonight between the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. Um, right now, Jack Hughes is as hot as they come. But I know you asked about the Rangers. So just Sturkin is, is, is as much as a brick wall behind that goal crease as humanly possible. The, the Rangers are, are, are off to an amazing start. They, they, they've got a differential of plus 18 they are atop the Metropolitan Division by far. And it's amazing. And, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't want to see them get rid of their former coach, Gerard Gallant. I didn't want to see it. I, I thought Gallant did an okay job here. But what Laviolette has done, you know, you're like, wow. Like, like I was wrong on that. Laviolette is really getting the best out of these players. Especially on the power play. I mean, that's when when the two of them went up against um, each other in the uh, in the playoffs last season, the Rangers and the Devils. I mean, I was just looking at my notes from the other day. You had guys like combined Panarin, Zibanejad, uh, uh, Kreider, and there was a fourth name I can't remember off the top of my head. They were combining for like zero points over the in in the losses. In the losses, the Rangers had to the Devils. They were combining for zero points, and I think Lafreniere was the other guy. I mean that that's a big change. Like those are your leaders and they didn't step up. They maybe they weren't being put in positions to succeed in order to step up. So what Laviolette's doing, hey, hats off to him. So and and if you haven't really gotten into hockey, maybe now's the season. Maybe this is the season. Seeing as though the Giants are already out of it and the Jets are teetering. Let's just put it that way. 877-337-6666. We go to Douglas in the Bronx for some Giants thoughts. What's up, uh, Douglas? Hello, Danielle. Glad to join your show tonight. 
And uh, with all of due respect to Michael from Lake Mary, Florida, I'm going to bring up the gloom and doom back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's all right. It's allowed. I'll uh, permit it. <laughs> um, uh, one quick uh, side, side, uh, side thought here about Carissa Thompson. A real disservice. I mean, now it undermines her own credibility. And it's just like uh, how you feel about the Astros. How can you believe anything they do after what they did seasons ago? So it's like whatever report she uh, contributes how you believe it? Yeah, and, and it's not just her. And now she has tarnished the credibility of, of many others in her position. So it, it's just a terrible look. I mean, I mean, it's just the arrogance of like, oh, you, you did it. And now you're going to admit to millions of people that, that you did it. Like, just keep it to yourself, man. Yeah, she, she got away with it. That, yeah. that, that should be kept, uh, kept hidden. Right. Now, on to a... Onto on the opposite end of the spectrum, a highly credible reporter, Kim Jones. So I was watching the post game after the Giants Cowboys game, and uh, Brian Dable was at the podium, mm-hmm. and she asked the elephant in the room question, which I, I loved. What was it? I, I missed it. Oh, uh, she goes because everyone, every other reporter was asking the specifics within the game. She asked him point blank. What exactly has gone wrong this year? Yeah. Like, what, what, that was what, my what, whole what, open from it? tonight. We're on the same <laughs> line of thought. What did he say? Now, it, now, in that question, she brought up the example where on the Fox telecast, Ryan Dable was having a lengthy, intense discussion with Wink Martindale. Mm-hmm. But um, so when she brought up that example, he only addressed that part of it, saying, oh, mm. I always talk to my defensive coordinator. Uh, I, was, I was very curious as to what he would actually say had he not throw up any specific examples, but anyway, I mean, what is, he probably was not going to answer it explicitly, but he could have probably mentioned injuries. Um, although we could, we could kind of uh, suspect quality, quality of opponent, talent level. Maybe, I mean, I'll bring this up to you. Maybe some coaching and or administrative complacency. I mean, they had such overwhelming positive feedback mm-hmm. last year. Maybe they kind of got drunk on that uh, from, you know, a, a hangover from last year that they weren't on the ball this year. I don't know. I mean, or it could be just a combination of everything. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you ask any Giant fan, boy, I mean, hindsight is 2020 by me saying this, we would have loved to swap seasons last year for this year and this year for last year. But by doing so, Daniel Jones probably not on the team because if they were bad last year, they wouldn't have renewed him for two years. But um, that oh, leads to my sure. other point about you know the upcoming draft. I think if they're in the top two, you know, the number one and number two pick, I think they'll probably pick a QB, which is still it's also a crapshoot too. I mean, yeah, Caleb Williams the hype, the hype, Derek May the hype, but you know Williams is turnover prone and heck. Uh, even Sam Darnold was on the cover of Sports Illustrated not too long ago. Look how that panned out. Huh. Derek May, yeah. North Carolina. Mitch Trubisky also came from North Carolina. So I think they will judge a quarterback. But if they're lower than top two, then maybe they venture. Then they might be more creative. We'll say. But yeah. I do think they'll. Douglas, they'll, they'll I'm with you on that. I just think that that the, the Giants. I mean, like I said before, to open the show, like they would do. Like, which quarterback would would thrive behind that line? Like, I actually got a tweet while Douglas was on the phone from uh, Burt's Beats on Twitter, and he said, I agree, the Giants are tanking for Drake May or Caleb Williams. He said, but the real question is, how would they develop either one with Jones still on the team? That's not a problem. Jones has been nothing but a professional, right? And, and the same way 
Eli Manning, right? He he went about his business with Jones on the team, his replacement, sure. But I wrote back, no, the best question is, how can they develop either one of those quarterbacks, if that's what they so choose, with that offensive line? That's it. And always, always to me, you build the team from the inside out, not from the skill positions in. Um, and 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 skill position, I would consider the quarterback. There is no way any quarterback is going to succeed on this team. Sorry, I hate to it, it, resurrect any quarterback in the history of the game. Nobody, nobody is going to grow with this behind this offensive line. You need to fortify that first with can't miss guys first. The guy from Penn State, the guy from Notre Dame, to name two. Get it done. We go to Scott in Trumbull, Connecticut. What's going on, Scott? Well, 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 we meet again. That's right. Do you remember me? This is my third time calling about the New York Giants, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. I want to tell a little story. Okay. Can I tell a little story? Okay. Last night, me and my friends competed in a little game called the Eagles games. And it was this big competition where our team were the big underdogs, and we graciously claimed victory and won the championship. And it reminded me of just the utter disappointment it is to be a Giants fan. I will never taste that feeling that I got with my team with the New York Giants. I said it at the beginning of the year. I said it again a couple weeks ago. And it is just tough to watch. On Sunday at 1 o'clock, I can't help but have a tissue box next to me ready for when the tears start rolling down. I don't mean to Daniel laugh, but that, I, I, I just had a, a vision. I had a vision of, of a Giant fan sitting there with full uniform on, face paint, with tissues, crying by the end of the first quarter. That is me. I mean, what are we doing out here, Danielle? Tommy DeVito? I mean, come on. Throw me back there. I'll throw for more than 13 yards and a half. Yeah, here, here's the thing, Scott. You and I, we're cut from the same cloth, We right? We want to win as many games as possible, right? I just don't yeah. think that's the Giants' mo right now. I think they're trying not. To. I mean, you've got you've got Matt Barkley. I, I, he's got to be better than Tommy DeVito, and he hasn't seen any time. So I think the Giants. I don't want to say they're purposely losing, but I think the Giants are purposely losing. Oh, oh, they are. They are. I mean, they realize they they pissed away forty million dollars on Daniel Jones, and now what are we gonna do? We're reeling. We got no money for Saquon. It's our whole offense. I said this at the beginning of the year. You. You disagreed about Daniel Jones, and I just had to say, he might be the worst quarterback in the league. I, I, I can't think about anybody who's better. Uh, no, we're, we're still going to disagree on that. Oh, you think so? I'd rather have Kenny Pickett from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're winning games. They're finding ways to win games. And Daniel Jones, it's, it's tough to watch. It, it's, you know, there's, there's 10 other guys on the field. You know that, right? I mean, it's not all him. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't <laughs> look like it. It looks like it's just. Daniel Jones running out there, $40 million. I think he's given up, honestly. He's gotten paid. What does he guys do out there? I don't know. Not get killed? Uh, I mean, one Mississippi, the guy's already on top of him. What, is, what do you expect him to do? I mean, if only we had $40 million in the bank that we could spend on our own line. It's, it's that, but that's not it. Like, those those positions are, are premium positions, right? You're not going to get really much of anything with $40 million. you got to draft. Those offensive linemen, you, you got to take them up through the draft. Andrew Thomas, John Michael Schmitz. A sixth overall pick on Daniel Jones. We wouldn't be in this position in the first well, place. That, that's a whole different story there, Scott. And and I remember at the time, I did look 
I did believe that other other teams were interested in Daniel Jones. Yes, it was a stretch, but I, I do believe that other teams were interested in him. What were they going to do at that point, right? And, and now this is revisionist history. It's you know, to, to quote Jelly Roll from the the CMA Awards the other night, the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror on purpose, right? So you can only deal with what's in front of you. And ha- had the Giants had a bad season last year. My thoughts is that they would have franchise-tagged Daniel Jones rather than giving him the contract. They would have franchise-tagged him, and they would have let Saquon Barkley walk. Like So either way, in my opinion, Daniel Jones was going to be on this team this year. It's unfortunate that it ended the way it did. His injuries as a result of the poor play from the offensive line. There's no, there's no way around that. So uh, if you want, we can do some baseball. If you want, we can continue with the, the Zach Wilson wagon. Um, but uh, Quick question for a second. Yeah. What's a jelly roll? A jelly roll. He, he is a, <laughs> he is a um, country music recording artist. He won a new artist of the year at like 39 years old, something like that. Okay. I, I, heard, I heard you say jelly roll said, and I wanted to make sure jelly roll, you weren't referring to the food item, and you were actually referring to it's a human. Person. Yeah, it's a human being. All right. Google him. Kind of looks like Post Malone, but just like 400 pounds heavier. Got all the face tattoos and everything. Gotcha. Okay, now, now I have a visual. <laughs> See, you have a visual. Now, now I have a visual of a yeah. large Post Malone. Actually, yeah, and I actually downloaded his album the other day, and it's it's pretty good. Pretty good. I think I'm a the, new fan. I would say the, uh, is Daniel Jones the worst quarterback in the league? Uh, that's no. a fun question. Uh, that's a fun argument, because I would ask, would Jets fans rather have Daniel yes. Jones or Zach Wilson? Jones. Jones. Hey, let's throw that question out there. Let me put it as a poll on Twitter. Which who would you rather have? Zach Wilson on the All Jets. Things, on the Jets, and we're keeping in mind that they're healthy. Yes. So let's assume Daniel Jones is fully healthy. Let's assume Zach Wilson is fully healthy. And let's now we have to, we we're also taking under advisement that Aaron Rodgers is still out with a torn Achilles. Right. So that is still accurate. Hold on. I'm typing this out here. Just the way I want to word it precisely, right? Assuming both are 100% healthy, which quarterback would you rather have on the Jets? Provided, right? Provided that Aaron Rodgers is still on the shelf. Right. Provided Aaron Rodgers is still out with a torn, with a ruptured Achilles. Out with the Achilles. Achilles. A C H I L L. I-E-S. Oh, no, not just E-S. Okay, thanks, spell check. <laughs> All right, and the poll is going to be Wilson or Jones. All right, it's up. And I love short polls, and I love instantaneous results, so you better get over there. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Vote in our poll. That's uh, Paul Rosenberg and I's poll. Assuming both are 100% healthy, which quarterback would you rather have on the Jets at this juncture in the season, provided Aaron Rodgers is still out with the Achilles? My vote, Wilson. Yours? Um, I'm going to think take that under advisement. I don't think about that. I think I, I, said, I, would, I, I, think I would lean Zach Wilson over Daniel Jones. I said Wilson. I meant to say Jones. Why did I do that? Because you 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 know the true ceiling <laughs> oh, of Daniel Jones oh, stop. and the true ceiling of Zach Wilson. Legit, Zach Wilson might have a higher ceiling than Daniel Jones. Oh man! All right, I'm going Jones. He's going Wilson. What say you? Call us up eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Man, it takes a knee, and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl forty two champions. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots seventeen to fourteen. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. 
The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. WFAN. My name is Anna McCartan, hanging with you till midnight here with Paulie Rosenberg, taking your calls at 877-337-6666. And a quick check into our little experiment happening on Twitter uh, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Assuming, here's the question, it's a poll, you got six minutes left, get in there. Assuming both are 100% healthy, which quarterback would you rather have on the Jets right now at this juncture, provided that Aaron Rodgers is still out with the Achilles. A-C-H-I-L-L-E-S, by the way. Ready for the results here, Paul? We've had 68 votes so far, which is like kind of a lot in the in the little commercial break there. Who do you think more people have voted for? And, di- uh, and did you vote? No, I did not vote okay. yet. Um, I'm going to say I didn't because I wanted to have the surprise. I'm going to say most people voted for Daniel Jones because I think most people aren't thinking on the level that I am thinking on. Oh, so you got genius vibes coming out. No, not not genius vibes. Just like (laughs) level two. Level two, that's all. Level two vibes. I just think Mm -hmm. the ceiling of of Zach Wilson is probably a little bit more sexier than the ceiling of Daniel Jones. That, That tantalizing aspect of Zach Wilson that I hate. That I hate. I hate Zach Wilson because he doesn't have a brain for football. But that... The arm and the flicking and the, that's that's what drags you in. But the poll result is going to be Daniel Jones. It is. 74% of voters at this moment in time would rather have Daniel Jones on this Jets team than Zach Wilson. And I would have to agree with it. I would have to. And, and there was a funny tweet. This guy said, basically, you're asking if I want my left eye gouged out or my right eye gouged out. Um, yeah, I guess that's essentially what, what we're asking. Yeah. Um, Someone else said they uh, at Real Rock Three T says the the Jets would be at least six and three with Daniel Jones over Zach Wilson. I also agree with that. Um, yeah. So uh, five minutes left in that. Zach Wilson fans, get in there, get in there, put your votes in at Coach M C C A R T A N to the phones. We go, Steve in Rockland County. What's going on, Steve? Hi, Danielle. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. This is a no brainer. And again, um, <laughs> Zach Wilson. And Daniel Jones, I like the eye gouging tweet. That was funny. <laughs> that um, was funny. But I mean, I mean, I mean, ceiling. I mean, Daniel Jones won a playoff game right. last year. Zach Wilson, his talk about ceiling. What about floor? He Zach Wilson has been horrible. Every time a different quarterback comes in for the Jets, they move the ball more, they score more points, they have more yards. And you know, Daniel Jones goes out. And granted, this is a third string quarterback, but he there's no success there. The Jets have had four, uh, uh, eight. Touchdown drives this season, right? Eight, eight score offensive touchdowns this season. Four of those eight drives were orchestrated by Zach Wilson. One of them was a fifty-yard home run pass to Brees Hall that he literally threw it back right. to the line one, of scrimmage. And one of them was the tipped ball that Garrett Wilson made a great play. That's in right. He kind of tipped it, tipped it to himself. Yeah, and Garrett Wilson told him on the sideline, "Dude, put it up. I'm going to get it." And Zach Wilson did as he was told. So, I mean, come on, it's a no I, I, contest for me as well, there, Steve. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, we're talking, he's still, this guy has no internal clock still three years later. Yeah, and how about how about I'm, hustling up the, the, the team to the line and, and spiking the ball and, and all that and time running out on him? Like, you're right about that. Yeah, it's just, it's just, again, and I agree with Paul, the talent is there. 
you know, the level one, level two. I, I get it, but everybody at this level has talent, right? Like, at what point do you see the the uh, the, the ramifications of the talent? And like, he's had opportunity after opportunity. Mm-hmm. His, his weapons are his weapons, right? Are better than Daniel Jones. The yes. only argument I would say against it is is Dable is a much better coach than Salah. Agreed. Yeah, and also, too, there, Stephen, thanks for the call. You look at time in the pocket. Like, some caller called before, like, oh, Daniel Jones has no pocket presence. Well, he actually has no pocket either. Like, he actually doesn't have a pocket to operate from or from which to operate. You look at Zach Wilson, and I know the Jets' offensive line isn't anything to write home about, but it affords him at least the ninth most time in the league to throw the ball in the pocket. I know he's a little bit mobile, so he buys himself a little bit more time, but... Zach Wilson has the ninth. This facts. Go look. Time to throw. It's like two point seven something seconds. It's ninth best in the league. Cole in Connecticut. What's going on, Cole? How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I would choose Zach Wilson over Daniel Jones any day. If we're just talking, like Zach Wilson has a much much lower floor. But his ceiling, especially if he didn't play this year with Aaron Rodgers and he's backing up Aaron Rodgers, I think he would have come out next year a lot better. Okay, but we're talking right now. Who would you rather have on your team to, to, to bridge the gap until hopefully Rodgers does come back? It'd be Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I'm a right. Jets fan. Watched every game. Watched all of every game. Zach Wilson blows. He sucks. Yeah. And you're, and now you're even, and, and thanks for the call there, Cole, and thanks for weighing in on that, because now, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is, is working his ass off to get back. Grueling, grueling program that he's on, right? He's only coming back if the Jets are in playoff contention. And with Zach Wilson, I mean, they're barely afloat. They're one loss away. The Jets are one loss, one more loss away. And you look at the Jets' schedule. Let me pull it up, because I, I had at least two games that they could have won. Look back to, oh yeah, the Kansas City game, and I know Zach Wilson played fairly well. Uh, let's, you know, let's take that one out because he did play well. You've got the New England game. They lost by one score in week three. You've got the, that, that should have been a win. The Chargers game, I mean, what was going on in that game? And then you got the, the, the Raiders game. They lost by one score, four points. I mean, Zach Wilson had the, the interception of all interceptions in the final one minute and 43 seconds of that game. You know what I'm saying? So I, I believe Daniel Jones would have behind, you know, given, like, transplant one for the other, Daniel Jones would have at least had at least two more wins. At least two more wins. So I agree with the tweeter that said the Jets would be 6-3 and three with Jones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go to Brian in New Jersey. Where in Jersey, Brian? I'm from there. Hey, how you doing? I'm from Highland. Oh, all right. How's it going? Yeah, I'm by Sandy Hook. Yeah. Um, you started off by saying that the O-line kind of like screwed Daniel Jones. That was the Giants' problem. I don't agree with that, but would you take Zach or Tyrod? Wait a second. How would you not agree with that? Because we've had a bad O-line forever, and so has the Jets. So would you take right now Tyrod Taylor but, but this Giants offensive line this season is historically bad. Like it, 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 historically it's bad. It's always been. It's the same as it's always been. But that's not any Would excuse. You, I mean, how can a quarterback flourish under a, 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 a offensive line that has a forty six percent pass Ty, block win rate? Yeah, There's no tape out there on Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. There was no tape out on Tyrod Taylor. What do you? 
There is tape. Not, he, played, not, he played for the Bills. Not playing for he the Giants, for, there wasn't. Not in that offense, oh, there wasn't. That's not, he played last season for him. How much? So How would often? You take, would you take Zach or Tyrod? Uh, probably Tyrod Taylor. Oh, so my, uh, the Giants' backup quarterback is better than the Jets' starter. Yeah, I that's, would. And that's where you. Yes. That's where, okay, that's fine. So Daniel Jones is irrelevant. I don't understand how that that correlates. Those two things correlate. I, like, I, like, I, I, I guess I'm missing the point you're trying to make here. You're saying that Zach Wilson and and Daniel Jones there's this big difference. There's not. But it's not about just the quarterback. It's the situ- the environment in which the quarterback is. I'm saying you take Daniel Jones you and you put him into Ty- the Jets situation and you've got two you more wins Ty- easily. Do you think Tyrod Taylor would do better in the Jets' offensive scheme than Zach Wilson? The both of them would. Daniel Jones and Tyrod so, Taylor would. Like, I, I, like this is I, I'm not getting this here, Brian. Can you make the point in ten seconds or less? Well, I, I think that is the point. It has nothing to do with Daniel Jones. I could pick fifteen other quarterbacks that would backups that would do better than Zach. So, so what, I think we're agreeing here. Zach Wilson stinks. We're agreeing here. Zach Wilson is what's holding this team back from bridging the gap to make the playoffs. He is holding them back. And yet they won't start Trevor Simeon, who we did mystery quarterback last week, is exponentially better than Zach Wilson. They just won't do it. You had Carson Wentz picking up the phone yet again to be part of this Jets team. And guess what? The, the, the Jets just won't do it. Carson Wentz, before he signed with the Rams, dialed up Joe Douglas again, and they were like, no, we're good with Zach Wilson. That is nuts. We could talk about that next. Let's go quickly to Mark in Manhattan. What's going on, Mark? Hey, Danielle. It's always a pleasure listening to you. Thank you. Uh, Now, I'm a lifelong Giants fan because my great aunt lives about 10 blocks away from the next stadium. Mm -hmm. And my dad always used to take us up there to her. And I said, well, 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 who's playing at Yankee Stadium? It had to be October, November. I said, oh, those are the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. You know, it, interestingly enough. But I know I, one of the reasons why I think Zach Wilson is getting such a long leash on life with the Jets is because someone really high up in the, in the architecture has a place in their heart for Brigham Young University, which is where Zach Wilson went to, and he achieved a lot of stuff collegiately. Okay, A lot but of I stuff collegiately? He, he wasn't even named captain by his own teammates. Really? No, I know that, but I mean, outside of playing football, he went to that university. Okay. That's all I'm saying. It's stuck by him and his you know, reputation. So when he was available, there's got to be someone really high up in the Jets' hierarchy that has a warm spot for that school and that environment. My sister's ex-husband went to uni- university. Right there, Mark. <laughs> My sister's ex-husband through the telephone, met once on Tinder. Like, Okay, no. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the college that he went to probably has no impact on his staying power here in New York. I thought you were going to go with somebody up in the hierarchy of the, the Jets really, really still loves him and still believes in him and wants to see him out there, not because of where he went to school. I mean, he, what did he achieve in college? I mean, he 
was not even named. And we talked about this before the Jets even drafted him, his leadership ability. He was not voted as a captain among his teammates. The coach had to create this thing called the Leadership Council and, and, and handpick Zach Wilson to be on that Leadership Council. Come on. And, and by the way, this, this really pisses me off. Because before he even signed with the Rams, again, Carson Wentz's agents called up Joe Douglas, and Douglas essentially said, no thanks, can you imagine hitching your season to the Zach Wilson wagon? I'm Danielle McCartan, and please help me understand why that would be, and no, it has nothing to do with someone's love for the school of BYU. 877-337-6666. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. And something that really grinds my gears here is, you know, this past week, um, Robert Salas said, and he told reporters that um, it was after the Raiders game, and he said, it's lazy to put it all on Zach Wilson, said Robert Salas. And I mean, yes and no, because with a chance to win down at the Raiders' 15-yard line with 122 left to go in the game. It wasn't a strip Zach fumble this time. It was a Zach Wilson game-sealing interception. Ripped the headset off, head to the exits, whatever. Same old Jets. Can you imagine like defending or, or having this devotion to a quarterback who has not thrown a single real touchdown pass since October 1st and and and, and before you get a hole up in arms i'm going to i'm going to combat your lazy take already you, no you're wrong danielle he threw a touchdown pass against the giants it says it right there in his stats no i'm not counting that that was a Brees hall touchdown it was a giant game yes um it was a Brees hall touchdown pass we talked about it a little bit before Brees Hall took it to the house for 50 yards. That was all on him. That was not on Wilson. And I went back earlier today, Saturday, and watched the play one more time to be extra descriptive tonight. Zach Wilson was fading backwards and literally dumped the ball off to Brees Hall at the line of scrimmage. Brees Hall caught the ball with his feet on the blue TV line, took it 50 yards. That's not a touchdown pass. Sorry, I know it counts as one, but it's not one. And with the with the Jets season being kind of so manic as it is, why not answer the phone for the second time on Carson Wentz and get something done? Because he clearly wanted to come here, and he clearly thought he could make a difference, and anything is better than Zach Wilson. And And Wentz was not using the Jets for leverage when he called them on November 6th. You know how I know that? He signed with the Rams for a veteran minimum, which is a deal that counts $620,000 against the cap. Tell me the Jets couldn't afford him. So I don't understand this blind marriage to Zach Wilson. Like, what am I not understanding? Because when you put up a pitiful, pitiful six points against the Chargers, 
the very next day you get a call from Carson Wentz that wants to help. Like, this is the same Chargers team that gave up, at the time, over 25 points per game. You put up six, and you don't even make Carson Wentz an offer? Like, what are you doing? Are you so thick-headed? Are you so testadura that you can't see the fact that Zach Wilson is not the correct bridge to take to get to Aaron Rodgers' return? Can you imagine the Jets being quarterbacked by someone halfway decent? We've talked about probably with Daniel Jones on this Jets team right now, today, at least two more wins. Because at the bare minimum, I think you beat the Patriots. And I think you beat the Raiders. You'd be 6-3, and three, very least. And now, no. With Zach, the Jets are meddling. Meddling at 4-5 and five with no desire to improve the team. I'm, I am just having a, a real impossible time trying to rationalize this Joe Douglas decision. 877-337-6666. We go out to line one. Mario in Long Beach, what's going on? Como esta? Hey, como esta? Bene, bene, too. Bene, bene. So you know, I love your preparation and everything you do to get ready for the game, for, you know, when you talk about ch- looking at the play again. You seem to do a lot more than a lot of the other hosts do. So Preparation's my middle yeah, name. Yeah, <laughs> I got to, yeah. But it's the five, uh, the five P's of performance. Proper planning prevents poor performance. I always used to say that. I love I was, that. When I was managing a bank, I was a vice president of the bank and I retired. I always used to tell my people that. Yeah. Proper planning. And you seem to plan very well with, with, with everything you do. Yes, thank you. Okay, so, but just a, a, a little bit about the Jets. They, mm-hmm. The biggest mistake they made is when Rodgers went down, they should have went for a backup oh, immediately. 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 Yes. And once they didn't do that, I hear what you're saying about Wentz, but what I'm hearing, and I don't know if it's true or not, maybe you know a little bit more than me about this, they said he's a personality problem. That he's got a, you know, doesn't get along with other people and all that other stuff, and that's the know. reason why. I don't know if that's true. I or don't not. know. I, I've never met Carson Wentz, and I've never been in the locker room where he's been in, so I, I don't want to, you know, say but, but something. I, you know? Well, I like to say one thing in, in yeah. my opinion, and then tell me what you think, and I'll hang up and listen to mm-hmm. your response. And uh, and I'm I'm going to be one of your regular callers if that's okay. Oh, Mario, I love it. I'll be on Thanksgiving morning at ten o'clock to twelve. Okay. I'll be on next Friday night, seven p.m. to twelve to midnight. And then next Saturday, 8 p.m. to midnight or 9 Do you have any regular schedule in terms of Saturdays usually? Yeah, it's usually around this time Saturday nights is usually what it is. Because I know, because you teach school, so you you, you can't do it during the week because, you you know, you got to go to teach school. But my my opinion is this, all right, this is what we have. Everything you said is 100% true. I agree with everything. But the thing is, what can we do to make it better with what we have? And I think there's a couple of things. Yeah. I think is hurry up offense. Because I noticed a couple of times when yes. Zach's had to hurry up and he's not think- not thinking, he plays a little bit better. Correct. You know, that's number one. And number two is let him run a little bit. The guy's mobile. Yeah. Why not let him run a little bit? Yeah, some do design some- runs. Yeah, do, do some things differently to yep. see if maybe you can help the guy out. Because I remember when Daniel Jones, when he didn't have Dable and the other guy, he wasn't that good when Dable and K- they really coached him really good because right. I noticed in his good years, even though the year was good, but it wasn't great. He only had 15 touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. And if you look at really the year, he didn't have a lot of yards per attempt on passes. Yeah. They taught him at 2.3, if nobody's open, run. Yep. One, two, run. Right. You know, and that's right. what they got to do with that because you can't yep. hold it. You can't hold it. That's what Thank he does. Yep. Thanks for your time, and I'll, uh, and I'll talk to you during Thanksgiving. All right, Mario. Ciao. Uh, yes, that's it. I, I would love to see that, the up-tempo stuff, where Zach Wilson, it's 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 a three-step drop, get rid of it or run with it. And that's it. Get r- Hurry up right to the line of scrimmage. 
do it. You know what I mean? That, that when he doesn't think, when it's just muscle memory, he does perform better. Now give him some design runs. Give him some play action. And also, like, why why bail on, on the, the offensive game plan to run the ball? You've got Brees Hall. you got Dalvin Cook. Give him a chance. Third down, Dalvin Cook should be on that field every single third down play. I'm sorry. Let let the open up the pass game through the run game. Play action, play action, play action. Halfback screen, halfback pitch. Boom, hit him over the top. That's what I would like to see. It's almost like invert the offense. And, and, and shame on Nathaniel Hackett, who in week 11 still hasn't figured out how to adapt the offense to fit Zach Wilson over that of Aaron Rodgers. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. Quick break here. We've got a Manny Rodriguez update. And, of course, more of your calls. Wilson versus Jones. A little F1 race going on in Vegas, maybe. And um, and the big old debate. Who would you rather have on your team, Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones? My vote, Daniel Jones, all day long. The poll has closed. I have those results for you coming up next here on The Fit. Daniel Jones brings his team to the line in his first playoff start. He played like a great player tonight. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. And the New York Giants are on to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Song from the Safri duo, like mid to late 90s, like techno. Oh, late 90s. So I was in like elementary school for this one. I was listening to uh, Britney Spears and NSYNC during this time. Not the Bongo song. It's released in 2001. Okay, so I was in seventh grade attending my first NSYNC concert. Backstreet Boys show. A little different. Uh, okay, the boy band there. I got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. O-Town. All of them. 90 Degrees. All of them. Spice Girls. I started watching uh, that documentary. Uh, what's it? Soccer player. What's his name? Married to Posh Spice. Oh, God. Beckham. Beckham. Yes. Thank you very much. It's on Netflix. A Beckham documentary. It's a little tough to get through. I don't know. I like seeing it. She's just so private. I like learning more about her than I do about him, actually. Have you seen it? Not interested. No. No. Not, not, not interested. I like like it. It's just hard to get through. Like, you know when you're on a plane and you have nothing else to do? That's when I started watching it. And then I just, I couldn't get through it. But once I start something, I need to finish it, so. That's a, you, you can't, like, cold turkey stop? No. Mm-mm. No. And once I get an idea, I started watching Yellowstone on Tuesday. I watched in the entire season one. And four episodes of season two, like because they're re-airing on CBS, so all of the ones saved in my DVR. Right for the uh, the writer strike. Yep. Yeah, I finished I finished all of them last night, like like from Tuesday. And yeah, that that's not like sixteen, seventeen. That's like five years ago. I think it first came on. I think. Oh, that long ago, huh? I, I think. Ah, uh, because I watched. I I wanted to watch them chronologically. Eighteen eighty three. I watched first. I loved that. Then I watched nineteen twenty three. Now I'm watching present day Yellowstone. Yep. So. 
No, I can't cold turkey stop it. So I'll, uh, hey, cold turkey, Thanksgiving. I'll, uh, I'll finish it probably by, by next weekend. Favorite Thanksgiving side? Well, side, I guess. Side. It's, 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 I'm not going to mention like turkeys and stuff. I mean, no, lasagna dish. is the best part about Thanksgiving. But the side, um, I don't know, probably sweet potatoes. The clear answer is sweet potato with marshmallows on top. I never that had is a it with clear answer. And if anyone wants to fight me on that, come <laughs> ahead and fight me. The clear answer for the best side on Thanksgiving, sweet potatoes with marshmallows, the nice little crispy marshmallows on top. I have to try that. My mom bought the cinnamon sugar today to put on them. Absolutely. It's like a dessert during dinner. It's great. <laughs> I like cranberries, too, the one in the can. <laughs> well, with the rings imprinted on yes. them. Yes. Yep. That one. <laughs> Ocean spray. <laughs> oh, man. 877-337-6666. More Thanksgiving talk on Thanksgiving. I will be back. Question is, question of the day. Oh, by the way, the results are in from... The poll I posted at Coach MCCARTAN, assuming both are 100% healthy, which quarterback would you rather have on the Jets? Provided that Aaron Rodgers is still out with the Achilles, 74.5% of you pick, guess who? Daniel Jones. And yes, consider me in that grouping right then and there. Um, that's, uh, that's my security camera at home. Motion was detected. Let me go take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. I usually silence my phone. I'm sorry about that. All right, I'll take a look. Oh, you know why? Because I'm charging my watch. Usually it just goes to my watch. All right, anyway, we go out to line four. Philip in Jamaica, Queens. What's going on, Philip? Oh, well, thank you uh, for taking my call. Always a pleasure to talk to you with sports. Yeah, likewise. I wanted to, I wanted to chime in on a uh, on the Daniel Jones. And I have a question to ask, an added question. Mm-hmm. I, I think of it like this. Without a doubt, I would rather have Daniel Jones because I, I think he got a unfair, you know, sake with his uh, with the offensive line. I ask you this question: If you put Daniel Jones or you put Zach Wilson on on a different team, mm-hmm. let's say like the Dallas Cowboys, a team with a good offensive line, mm-hmm. do you think Daniel Jones would flourish more, or do you think Zach Wilson would? And I think Daniel Jones would do much better than Zach. Oh Wilson. man, that's a good question. Behind a good line. Which guy would be better? Are we talking 100% yeah. healthy, too? Like, no knees, no no ACLs, no none of that? Yeah, 100% healthy. Yeah. So not the Daniel Jones. Because they're, they're different. Without. Yeah, Philip, that's a great question. They're different players. Um, I'd got to go with Jones, though. I'd have to say Jones. I mean, we haven't really seen him, really, with 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 – Anything more than one Mississippi and, and good. I don't know. That, that's a really tough question. It's a hypothetical, but if if you know if you have, if I had to give an answer, I'd say Jones. I think. I think. I don't know. That's a good question. Let's go out to Nate in Greenwich, Connecticut. What's going on, Nate? Hey, how are you? Great. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm just kind of I'm kind of offended as a Jets fan that all this Zach Wilson slander is happening right now, and I think it's kind of unneeded. I think you know. Wilson's not been put in a situation where he can win games. I mean, they say no hack gets given him checkdowns on third down. Wait a minute. What? what? D- did he not have a chance to win the Raiders game and threw a Look, pick? Here, I want to tell you this. Is, do you think Daniel Jones would have won the game? Wait a minute. Did he not have the Jets on the Raiders' 15-yard lines and he threw a game-sealing interception? Yes or no? 
He did, but do, so how does that, so how does that equate to, that to so how does that equate Daniel to him? Jones, so how does that equate to him not be, putting the Jets in situation to to succeed? Because on third and thirteen and third and ten mid game, we're 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 quitting drives with short passes to our tight ends and Daniel Jones tight ends. See, you know, do you know that CJ Uzama catches seventy eight percent of the balls thrown his way? One of the best catch percentages in the league. What's what do you have against tight ends? Oh, look at that! He hung up the phone. You gotta do your homework before you call in. Did you know also in that same Hail Mary heave, CJ Uzama was the one who was almost gonna come down with that ball? Knocked that out of Garrett's hands. Yeah, he did. He legit knocked that out of Garrett. Yeah. And, and Uzama probably should have been benched anyway with all the penalties. He was awful. Right. But but Conklin, you, you complain about throwing it off to tight ends. Conklin has a 78% catch. I'm throwing it his way any chance that I get. The issue that they have is that Zach Wilson's secondary weapons are Tyler Conklin, C.J. Uzama, and an undrafted punt returner from college, and Xavier Gibson. So it's not like Zach has a ton of weapons around him. But he also has Garrett Wilson, who is the, the reigning offensive player. Sure, he has Garrett Wilson. He has and a- I'm going to fight you on, on Conklin. I think he's a good player. And Alan Lazard, who can't and catch Lazard. a I don't know, man. And again, I, listen, Bruce Zach Hall. Wilson can't win. I'm saying that now, but let's not act like it's all... This is what Salah says is right. It is right. on... Uh, everybody else. It's too. a collective. It's a collective, right? And it's Nathaniel Hackett in Week Eleven not understanding the difference between how Aaron Rodgers plays versus how Zach Wilson right. plays. Right, and even Salah said that in the press conference. He said he admitted he's like, "Let's be real. This offense was made for one person, right? And it takes a while for but eleven weeks. I mean, come on. It's I mean, for me, and I've said this a few times on other shows that I've worked on. This for me goes to the owner. This is on Woody Johnson, not wanting to let go of Zach Wilson because I refuse to believe that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas believe that Zach Wilson gives the Jets the best chance to win. I that think, I refuse to believe. I agree with you on Sala. I think Joe Douglas is being a little, little hard-headed on that. He picked him. They fell in love with him. It's on him. No, I understand that, but they know that they have a short window here or else yes. he's going to get fired. That's right. So there's a re- the reason why for the only thing that makes sense to me is the owner is wants, not letting them do it. Yes, that's right. The owner wants Zach Wilson, right? Because else Trevor Simeon would be elevated to from the practice squad right. to the active I think roster. The, the ideal is, in theory, they know that Tim Boyle is not a threat. There you go. Right. Zach exactly Wilson right. was the backup to Aaron Rodgers because. One, I honestly think they believe that if Zach sat behind Aaron for two years, that maybe. Maybe. He, maybe we can turn that career around. But he was never supposed to be a QB2. For me, in my grand plan, he was always going to be QB3. There was never, in my plan, he was never going to see the field, Zach Wilson, this season. Well, I mean, I think it, it, the, no one wanted anyone else to see the field, but instead of, well, except Aaron Rodgers, football happened. They, 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 it, football That's happened. It. That's it. And the Jets weren't prepared. And they weren't prepared immediately following that either. They should have been on the phone right away. Right away. Looking for another quarterback. And we could talk about that all season, and we have. 877-337-6666. We go to Rob in Sugarloaf, New York. What's going on, Rob? What's going on, man? Listen, I got to, I love your energy, by the way. Thank you. Um, I, I was going to say something else. I got I to gotta throw the red flag about the owner. I happen to be friends with a, a high-up executive with the New York Jets. You can off-air if you want to know the name. Woody Johnson has there's no no nothing to do with why Zach Wilson's playing. The bottom line is JD came in and yes. showed you what he's all about the first year he was here. Yeah. 
Sam Darnold had a great rapport with Robbie Anderson. What does Jay-Z go? Oh, I want my receivers to be a little bit beefier. He goes. Great. Sam Darnold goes. Zach Wilson, last year, they're wearing Mike White t-shirts yep. in the locker room. <laughs> Robert Salah, terrible coaching job. You had to win one game last year. Mm-hmm. This defense, great defense. There, no one's talking about Josh Jacobs ripping off 40-yard runs. Terrible penalties. This is a team failure. This yeah, comes but from you know public. what? I, I'm going I'm to throw the red one, flag on the defense there because you know what? When you've got a team who is in the bottom basement in, in third down conversion, you come off the field for a 90-second break and you have to go right back on there. I mean, that, uh, uh, eventually it's going to wear down, I, I and maybe it. we're seeing it. the effects of you it. You play sports. I play sports. Listen, that's the job you're paid to do. Yeah, but they are a great defense. I agree, but they're not the 85 Bears. No, I they, never said that. Right, this I agree guy with you. Jarrod Davis. Pierre Desir, Alan Lazard. This guy, he's had one good year, one good draft, two good free agents, three. This guy has no idea. I've never seen two GMs in this town do such a poor job. Daniel Jones, no offensive line. You bring in Darren Waller, who's always hurt. You bring in on the Jets side, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Nicole Hardman goes to the Chiefs the next week. 52-yard pick punt return. Big third down catch. This guy has no clue what he's doing. You had to win one game last year. You had to win one or two games this year. You, you don't bring a quarterback in. Josh Dobbs goes to the Vikings. He's lighting up. Gardner Minshew, all these guys all over the yeah. league doing the job. Zach Wilson should be in the league. That Simeon should be quarterback in this team. Yep. That went anybody. Yep. Somebody's got to be in there. Love your energy. Let's go. And, and Ranger fans, you got your win this, this tonight. Give me a break. Not getting out in the playoffs again next year. Oh, oh, Rob signs off with that shots fired to Ranger fans. Uh, yeah, but Rob, you match the energy there. I totally agree with you. It, it is almost, it's like general managers malpractice. 75, 76 seconds into the season, you're not on the phone trying to get a backup, a real backup quarterback to take the reins from Aaron Rodgers. You are so, I, I ultimately believe it's on Joe Douglas. I do. I, I don't think Robert Sala wants Wilson as the quarterback. I think it's Joe Douglas. And I, I, I cannot believe that, that whoever it is, somebody over there, very high up in, in the organization, is, is hitching their wagon onto Zach Wilson. Like, Zach Wilson is going to be the bridge that gets us to Aaron Rodgers. Like, what if Aaron Rodgers comes back? And again, Rodgers is only coming back if the Jets are in playoff contention. And when you look at uh, the New York Times has like a uh, playoff calculator. Look right now. The Jets have a 7% chance to make the playoffs. Seven. So all this hard work that Aaron Rodgers has been doing might all be for naught. We go out to Nick in Westchester, New York. What's going on, Nick? Yeah, uh, and yeah. let me lower that uh, radio because I'm in the car right now. Okay. Uh, let me put you on my phone instead of uh, the radio. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I got you. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm not getting a connection here. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Are we in a commercial here? Yes, Nick, I can hear you. Yeah, no, no. I, I wanted to shut my car radio off. So oh, I see. Have the echo. Uh, I called you several, several weeks ago. I told you... Greener, um, 79, I got a TV when I was 8, 1952, and I was been watching sports. I saw the Yankees World Series in 52. First time I got interested in sports. I'm a Yankees and Giants fan. But 
don't want to irritate them, but these snot-nosed kids that call you against Daniel Jones, if you put any of the top quarterbacks or any of the 30 or 32 quarterbacks behind that offensive line, they couldn't do anything. Nope. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, I know you said, Joe Justin Herbert, Mm -hmm. the whole bunch of them, the crop of the great young guys. Mm -hmm. Because you can see when they're hampered, the great quarterbacks, they're running for their lives on on other teams. Yep. But this is the worst offensive line that the Giants have ever had. Yep. Ever had. And Daniel Jones does the best he can. And it was proven because even Tyrod Taylor got his uh, yep. ass kicked. So That's right. Speak. You know what I mean? And DeVito, and, and I blame Drabel and the offensive coach for DeVito. You have nothing to lose. You're going to run uh, Daquan Brock, uh, Barkley on every play, and the defense is looking for it. I know. Where's the, where's the element of surprise on that one? Try. Yeah. Try passes. Let him throw interceptions. Who cares? Yep. Do something different. I I lost a lot of respect for Drable, and I get rid of that offensive coordinator oh, in yes. a minute. Yeah, I would too. And Nick, that's that's a good point there too. We haven't yet talked about Mike Kafka. What is he doing? What is he doing? I agree with you. If if listen, I said to open the show, Joe Shane's going nowhere. Brian Dayball's going nowhere. When is it Mike Kafka's turn? Like, what has he brought to the table? Is it that you don't want another system in here? If that's the case, I mean, that that's a pretty poor example. Pretty poor reason. But, yes, totally, totally agree. I think that it is... It is um, confounding why Mike Kafka doesn't really ever need to answer any questions. Yeah. 877-337-6666. You put Daniel Jones on the San Francisco 49ers. You put Daniel Jones on the Philadelphia Eagles, on the Dallas Cowboys with offensive lines that are fortified in the way that the Giants offensive line should be fortified. You see a different player. Easy. Easy. In other news, I just got a new follower on Instagram. A puppy bowl referee. A puppy bowl referee has just followed me on Instagram. What's up, Dan? His name is Dan. What's up, Dan? Pretty cool. All right. I'll follow you back. See what's up. (laughs) All right. 877-337-6666. And you know what? I I know this is a little bit of a a, a leap here, but do you want to talk about the race? In a few hours, the Las Vegas Metro Police will be told to stand down in issuing speeding tickets in the Valley, which got me thinking, could a Formula One race happen here too? 877-337-6666. Call me up, Tifosi. I'm Daniel McCartan on the iconic WFAN. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hey, 
Hey, welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Thanks for tuning in uh, throughout the night. Got another half an hour or so with you until Mike Fliegelman comes your way. You'll be in good hands. Um, I know this is a little bit of a leap, but one I'm willing to take. Um, you want to talk some Formula One? Like, I just, just this. Like, You've been to Vegas. I'm sure you've been to Las Vegas. So can you imagine driving 212 miles an hour down the Las Vegas Strip? 212 miles an hour. Like, I mean, I can't because there's always traffic on it. The lights are probably timed that way to, to so that you can't drag race down the strip. But in, in um, let's see, at 1 a.m. our time, so what, in, in 90 minutes, the flag is going to drop on Las Vegas's first Formula One race. And 212 miles an hour will be the posted speed limit down the strip. And it got me thinking, like, could we host one here? Could we have one here in New York, New Jersey? Um, I think, well, I guess, it got, it, it, could we and, and should we host one, right? There's two questions here. I think the should part is, is much easier to answer. Yes. I mean, we'll see the Vegas figures on attendance of whatever, you know, it, What's it called capital generated by the people coming into town to visit? We'll see all that tomorrow, probably. But I pointed back in May, two hundred and seventy thousand people paid for a ticket to watch in person the Miami Grand Prix. So, can you imagine how that would stimulate our local economy? And as far as like the could, I know there was a contract drawn up in two thousand eleven to race in Weehawken and in West New York. And eventually that contract was annulled in 2016. And, you know, I I dug a little bit, not, not too deeply, but Forbes basically said that the contract fell apart because the race organizers, they could not put together the $100 million needed for the race. By the way, the one in Vegas tonight is, is going to cost $500 million, or has costed $500 million. So at the time... 2011, and all the subsequent years after that, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, it was going to cost about $100 million, and they couldn't put, they couldn't post it. And they also couldn't make the, the like, the repairs to the roads. But, I don't know, I, I think it's worth revisiting. And, and I'm just typing this, because I want you to take a look, and F, I, I'm tweeting this, I'm going to put it on Instagram and Facebook too, an F1 race here, here, and I'm going to say there was there was a plan made. The original plan was called there was a name for it. It was called the Port Imperial Street Circuit. Here is the Port Imperial Street Circuit original plan. Take a look at it. Would it work here? Is there a better spot to do it? Uh, you know, from because I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's pretty much already drawn up, the track. And if it's going to stimulate our local economy, show off our beautiful skyline, the most beautiful skyline in the world while doing it, why not go for it? Am I crazy? I mean, I, I'm not a Formula One fan by any means. I'm really not. Um, It's not my thing. I don't think. Um, But I'll be, I'll be up. It, it, you know, it starts at 1 o'clock. I'll be up at 1 o'clock because I'm here till 12. And so 
I'll put it on. And I, I was told by many different people, like, I need to watch that show. It's called it Drive to Survive on Netflix. I don't know if you, you've seen it, but, I mean, that's what everyone is attributing to the increase in attention to Formula One. Everybody's saying because it, it creates a humanizing effect for the drivers. You Because think about it. You would never really see the drivers in a race. Like, they've got helmets on. They've got uniforms up to their chins, down to their ankles. And they're in a, in a, in a machine. I wouldn't even call It's like a machine. I wouldn't even call that a car. It is a car, but it's, you know what I mean? So, you know, you get to know the characters a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe it can become my thing. I don't know. But if you're interested, um, apparently it's a commercial-free broadcast too, I think. I think I read that. Starts at uh, 1 a.m. our time. And uh, I'll, I'll catch at least a part of it on TV. And, and you know I have a friend. Her name is Christina. She lives in Vegas. And I said, I asked her earlier today, I said, are you going to the race? And she wrote, no, period. <laughs> no. Hard no. And she said, all the roads are closed and the Uber costs are a fortune right now. So we will be staying in tonight. All right. And and, and that's my dad and I, as you know, we're, we're just out in Vegas. And he was saying something about like a surcharge added to every single Uber ride out there now. Like for, for the weekend. I'm just seeing. Let's go from Mandalay Bay. I'm just seeing Uber. Let's go from Mandalay Bay to uh, that's at the top of the strip. Mandalay Bay, uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> it's not coming up. Why wouldn't that come up? I'm just trying. Oh, here it is. Mandalay Bay Beach. Fine. All right, Paul. Where do you want to go? You want to go? Uh, I'm just trying to price it out here. You know Vegas to an extent. Yeah. All right. Let's go to. You want to go to the Sphere? Jim Dolan's Sphere? Sure. All right. What is the actual name of it? Is it called Sphere? Sphere. I think The Sphere. The Sphere. Jeez. The. The Sphere. Because I, I, wanted, I wanted to test this out, and, and I know you're coming along on the ride with me here, no pun intended. Uh, oh, the Sphere's not coming up. Let's go to uh, the Palazzo. That's coming up. What's she talking about? It's only $28. 28 bucks. Nope. I don't know. Maybe I should text her and say, hey, Christina, you were wrong. But I don't know. Um, so I got some tweets on this. Um, Walt on Twitter says, maybe once they get the kinks worked out on the new street course in Vegas... That could serve as the championship weekend for both F1 and NASCAR with the truck race Thursday evening before the practice. Oh, I like that because, as you know, they do have Las Vegas Motor Speedway there. And then he says, Daniel, it would be great if New York City got an F1 race. However, I would first have to look – I would first look to have one on the road course at Daytona if you're going to have a fourth race. I wrote earlier on Sunday that F1 and NASCAR should work together. I agree. F1 and NASCAR should work together. I feel it's a lot of like overlap of, of the fans. If they can make one big, huge like two weekends out of it, that might not be a bad thing. And then, like, here's the other thing. When my dad and I were in Vegas, um, we, our Uber, we went from the, the big Ferris wheel. I forget the name of it. Um, the high roller, it's called. The high roller Ferris wheel. Um, we did that, and we were so tired. Time changed, the whole thing. It was like, 9 30 we were like falling asleep and um we took an uber back from like kind of like the backside of of 
the um from the the Ferris wheel there and just the path that the GPS kind of took us back me my dad and an Uber driver it was on the course we were driving on the actual course which I mean again I'm not really into this but it was really cool like the you could see the, the building the grandstands were pretty much up the, it was very well lit the barricades were up the fences were up and like all, all three of us were taking videos on our phones including the driver which was totally fine because uh, we weren't doing 212 miles an hour, of course, but it, it was pretty cool to see. Um, but of course, it, it goes without saying, like there are some problems there, and there have been for a while. And, and Vegas had a really big one last night, and so obviously there's the traffic delays, um, and, that, and that's what Christina said too. She said uh, basically that all, all the roads are closed; it's too much of a hassle. She said so. All right, and even when we were leaving, like that that Monday morning when we were leaving. The massive traffic delays. Um, I don't know. And, and if you went to any of the, to the Giants game out there, to the Jet game out there, you know what I'm talking about over the past two weeks because the morning that we were leaving, the Monday morning after the Giant game, they had Tropicana closed. And a Monday morning during rush hour, like that's a major thoroughfare. And what they were doing was, I don't know, building the track, building whatever. So I don't know. But Friday night, I don't know if you saw this, Friday night, there was a major problem. It was a practice session in this $500 million race. And there was a driver. His name was Carlos, I want to say Sainz, S-A-I-N-Z, Sainz. He was practicing, right? He drove over a loose sewer cover in the practice round just last night. And he drives a Ferrari model car, Ferrari, and caused all kinds of damage, including to the engine. So they canceled the practice round. This is last night. And it's not free. You have to pay to go and watch the practice round. So I kind of looked up what a ticket might cost. And allegedly tickets were $300 and above to go and watch that practice round. And they just flat out canceled it. But F1 said, hey, don't worry about it. We'll issue you a refund. Don't worry. Paul... You pay for the ticket. You paid $400 for your ticket. We're going to give you a $200 voucher. You can only use it at any one of our F1 official outlets throughout the city. Would would, would you be okay with that? Yeah, no, I mean, it's free money. I, I mean, I don't think they should have to do that. Really? No, I, I, it's... No. No, they shouldn't have to give you a free voucher because there is a loose drain cover. No. So you're going to pay $300 to just... That's the price of doing business. You know what that's like? That's like people begging for refunds on Joe Burrow and Mark Andrews props because they got hurt on sports. No, that's not. That's the the same same exact thing. thing. It's the same. No, No, that's the price of doing. You have to understand that there's certain risk involved with investments. What? Because the point I was going to make is I would not be happy with it because, okay, you think you're getting, okay, $200. That's like, that's a lot, right? You go to the the outlets to buy like whatever you know F one gear whatever. Somebody posted a picture of 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 it. Ninety dollars for a beanie. A hundred and ten dollars for a t shirt. Yeah, no, it's not surprising. I mean, it's I'd be big pissed. Money. I'd be oh pissed. oh I'd be angry, but I wouldn't expect. I, I would take the. I would take the free t shirt. I would take the free t shirt. But it's, they shouldn't have to do that. I don't know. 
I think they should. I mean, like, it's that it's the safety of the course. Like, it's a five hundred million dollar operation. No, of course, I'm saying it's it's not on the company to pay people back. I don't know. And 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 they they the company essentially said what you said. They said in a statement, "We all have been to events like concerts, games, and even other Formula One races that have been canceled because of factors like weather and technical issues. It happens." And we hope everyone will understand. For me, I am not understanding with a $200 gift card when I paid way more for my ticket. Just refund my original method. Don't worry about the $200 gift card. Just refund me my original message, and and, and then I would understand. Because they're making money off you coming and going. right? They're making money off you for the ticket. And if who's going to spend exactly $200 at the store? You spend $250, they make more money on you. Sure. I don't like that. That's manipulative. I think their thing is if you're, if you're spending X amount of dollars for the ticket, you probably don't need the $200 voucher. That's probably what they're thinking. I guess. But what if I just loved F1 and I wanted to just save up all my money, all my money, and push it all in? I don't know. Anyway, um, I'll be tuned in. 1 a.m. Our time. Uh, I think it's on the other station, you know, ESPN. Anyway, 877-337-6666. We'll wrap up the night. Talk about what went wrong for the Giants, how the Jets actually have a chance to win this game. No cap, as the kids in my class say, no cap. And uh, any other odds and ends you wanted to to tie in together here tonight? Uh, what else did we talk about? Oh, the Carissa Thompson thing. How she put women in sports back years with the, the BS that she said about how she made up sideline reports, all that. So, um... And also, who would you rather have on your team? If you're the Jets, because they're the only team really in contention, who would you rather have on your team right now, quarterbacking your team, Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones? 877-337-6666. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan, hanging with you for another, oh, I don't know, 14 minutes or so. Michael Ligelman comes your way at the stroke of midnight. Um, you're in good hands. I'll, I'll alley it up, and he'll slam it down. You're in good hands over the next couple hours. So, um... All right, we'll get back to your calls here, 877-337-6666. I know, talk about Zach Wilson, I know, but it's just it's just mind-boggling to me why anybody over there in the Jets' front office would not want to upgrade their quarterback situation, you know, right after Aaron Rodgers went down. And, and, and you know, coming out is that Carson Wentz called them back after they couldn't put up a touchdown. They, they they put up six points against the Chargers. Carson Wentz calls him back, and they're like, no, we're good. We're good, Zach. I mean, the bridge to Aaron Rodgers is not Zach Wilson. There's a, a, a playoff calculator you can play with, um, ESPN.com, and, and I put in Jets win this week, Dolphins lose this week, and the Patriots looks like they have a bye. So Jets beat the Bills, Dolphins lose, and the Jets are still not even going to crack the seventh seed. What are they doing? It's just a mess, man. 
with any other quarterback in there, you'd be in a much better situation. At least two of those games you could flip. I would say the Raiders game and the Patriots game, minimum, minimum, with better quarterback play. Especially the Raiders game. Within one minute and, what was it, 44 seconds on the Raiders' 15-yard line? Done for. Done for. Wasn't a strip Zach this time. Just an I- in, a big old INT. Artie in Brooklyn. What's going on, Artie? Yeah, you don't mention in the Raiders game all the uh, all the bad plays that they made on offense that wasn't Zach's fault. I mean, all the penalties. Oh, the false start penalties like on Lazard. Sure, we can mention I, those. Yeah, I'm, yes, you know, like it. It takes. Look, I understand he he is a backup, and if you you're going to tell me He's that a third stringer, you're convinced. You're convinced that Wentz is a better quarterback than than Zach. Yeah, I mean. I guess you can make that point. You can't tell me for 100% sure that if Wentz was the quarterback, they wouldn't be in a similar situation. No, I, right pro- I probably could. Right now, yeah. I okay. mean, you're looking at Zach Wilson. Right, There's only right three quarterbacks that, that have a worse quarterback rating than Zach Wilson right now. Bryce Young and Ryan Tannehill. Okay. But right now, Danielle, you have a choice. You're the GM. And Wentz is available to you and a whole bunch of quarterbacks. Right now, you're playing Buffalo. You would rather have Wentz right now than, than Zach? I would have had Wentz on went the first time around, the, the first go-around. I would have had Wentz on, on, on the November 6th in my building. Yeah, but but th- given the okay. situation, no, I, I guess not, because you can't have him you know prepared to go against the Buffalo Bills now. No, no, too late. no. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not too talking late. about that. I'm just talking about you, you won – a certain amount of games with him. He was your second-round pick, and you're just giving up on him. He's not good. You drafted him for a reason. He's not good. I I didn't like him coming out of the draft. He's not a good quarterback. You you said he's not a good quarterback coming out of the draft? Yes, I did, on the record. Based on what? Based on what exactly? Based on uh, the fact that he was not a captain, so therefore voted on by his teammates, therefore his leadership, I questioned. Um, the fact that he played pretty much no competition at BYU, never mind NFL-level competition. Um, the fact that uh, he, he's just been coddled. I mean, he, he, he was young coming out of the draft, if I'm not mistaken. So, no, there was really nothing to like about him except that one throw when he had that private workout with the Jets. That's what sold them on him, unfortunately. Didn't come from an NFL-style offense. Didn't play against NFL-caliber defenses. Not a big program. I mean, uh, come on. He's got five touchdown passes and six interceptions on the season so far, Artie. How do you expect to win games? Hasn't thrown a touchdown pass, as far as I'm concerned, since October 1st. Can't win games that way. Yes, Brees Hall, 50 yards. Yeah, Zach Wilson, literally, I watched it again this afternoon just to be really, really sure. Dumped it off to Brees Hall at the line of scrimmage. He took it to the house. Otherwise, Zach Wilson has not thrown a touchdown pass since October 1st. You can't win games that way. Come on, man. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry. Sparky, what's going on? First of all, Coach, I hope you and your family have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. Okay. And as far as the Zach Wilson thing, that's Joe Douglas's fault without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Because none for nothing. Joe Douglas, in my mind, has a little Brian Cashman in him where he won't get rid of his mistakes. 
Yes, I, I, okay. I, I agree with you because that they pushed all their chips in. They fell in love with him, and to admit because they picked him so high that he was a mistake, they don't want to do that. Nope. I mean, and the thing is, when they brought in Aaron Rodgers, being that they brought him in in the first place, because obviously they, right. it wasn't felt Zach was the guy. Right. How come they didn't have a real backup then? Right. That's my question. See, my idealistic quarterback room going into the season, and I said it on the air, would be would be Aaron Rodgers, you bring back Mike White, and you bring Zach Wilson as the third-string quarterback, break glass in case of emergency. That's the only way the guy sees the field. I said it right here in this chair. Man, maybe they should let you run it, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't know about that. Well... Okay, now the thing with now with Cashman, obviously, look at instead of just eating Stanton's contract, because mm. that guy, that guy should just wear a mask like the Lone Ranger, because he's stealing money. <laughs> he, he's, he, coach, he's flat out quit. Um, you know what? And and we didn't even talk about this tonight. The, the comments of Brian Cashman. I think with those comments, Brian Cashman's trying to force John Carlo Stanton out to be like, listen, I don't need this from my general manager. I'm out. And, you know, the thing is, Cashman right now should pay attention to what's going on in Queens. Because I'll tell you something, that that Colin, all right, he made mistakes, but he gets rid of his mistakes, yeah. all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he eats Cano's contract, he gets rid of the three-ring pitching circus. Yep. You know, I and you know darn well, this winter... This guy is going to go like a drunken sailor spending money on people. And that's what we should be doing, but on the right people. Right. Well, that's the thing. The, the talent evaluation for this New York Yankees team has not been great uh, by and, I guess, do you, and seriously, do you think that they're going to get Soto? Uh, Barky, that might be a question for next week. Do I think they're going to get Soto? Uh, oh, God. Uh, yes, I think yes. I think yes. Anyway, we'll talk about that coming up next week. Thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. And I love coming here and talking with you. Thanks for hanging with me over the past four hours. Do I think they're going to get him? Well, maybe not, but I think they should go get him. Maybe let's answer it that way. Um, if you missed any portion of tonight's show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start of the show, 8 p.m. Paulie Rosenberg behind the glass. Great job, as always. Danny Rodriguez on the updates. See you three times next week. Thanksgiving morning, 10 a.m. to noon. Friday, 7 p.m. to midnight. Saturday night, 8 p.m. to midnight. Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mike Flugelman, up next, right here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.